Hello, Janksters, and welcome to another edition of the Magic Jank Podcast. I am Hamhawks42, and uh, today we are going to be discussing Eldraine spoilers. And that's really what we're going to be discussing. We've seen a big chunk of the set so far. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I am joined, of course, by by the crew. We have Carlo, C. Favreto Jr., and Hollywood Pizza in the house. So how are we doing, gentlemen? Carlo, let's go ahead and uh, start with you. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Excited to talk about... Some of these new Wild of Eldraine spoilers with more of a standard focus for tonight, but definitely excited to talk about all of them. Absolutely. There's definitely some good stuff. So, yeah. And uh, and Pizza, how are you doing, my friend? Doing really good. Uh, I just got finished closing on a house, uh, so going to be a homeowner. Uh, officially a homeowner, I guess. Uh, so, pretty big week so far. Um, yeah, been a pretty good week. Uh, a lot of things happening at the store as well, so been nice. pretty busy. Congratulations, man. That rules. Well, yeah. And before we jump into the meat of the episode, I want to give a huge thank you to MagicJank.com, the online marketplace where you can buy and sell uh, singles. Additionally, singles and all kinds of other Magic products, by the way. Oh, and we also have comic books now. No big deal. Just putting that out there. So if any of that fun, nerdy goodness is of interest to you, or if you're also looking to sell those kind of products, you can reach our audience uh, by setting up as a merchant on magicjank.com. So definitely check that out. We would love to have you over there. Um, yes, magicjank.com. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Also, on if you're watching this on the YouTubes, we actually have recently started a series where we are opening packs once per day. So if you want to see me try to fumble through getting through an entire pack, which is difficult when you're looking at like uh, a master's uh, like collector boosters because there's like a lot to talk about and i try to get it all done within 60 seconds and we do one per day um so that's a so pack per day here on this channel if that sounds like fun definitely subscribe and check them out so anyway so eldraine we're going back to eldraine throne of eldraine made a huge splash and let all magic players everywhere kind of realize holy crap this plane is for real it is not messing around and these cards are insane and there was kind of this Concerned that, okay, a return to Eldraine, can we expect a return to the insanely powerful designs that we saw last time around? And it looks like maybe that's not the case. Uh, this, it looks like Eldraine is going through a couple of changes. And one of the big changes that the plane is going through from a thematic perspective is they have decided to really lean into enchantments. You know, one of the things that the Wizards team kind of realized, really something they mentioned in a few um, interviews, is that they were looking at their their kind of roster of various planes and they realized they had a lot of artifact planes. And when it came to enchantment planes, they had Theros and that was about it. So we now have Eldraine. They decided they were going to go lean into it, which fairy tales, enchanting stories, curses and stuff makes sense, right? Like, uh, so the bonus sheet that is going to be included in the wilds of Eldraine is going to be all enchantments. So we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but we've seen a ton of them that are going to be on board. And so let's go ahead and get started there. Now, as we're going through these spoilers, we are not going to do, this is not like a full set review of all the ones we've seen so far. All three of us are talkers and we know ourselves. We'll know this is going to be an eight hour podcast if we did that. And no, nobody's got time for that. Let's be honest. So we all need to sleep at some point. So we've picked a handful, which we're still going to be talking about quite a few, to be fair. Like we're not, it's not like two or three. This is, we're, we're, we are going to dive in. Um, but I want to make sure that we give the cards their due because there's some cool stuff. So we're going to start with the bonus sheet. We're going to start with some of the enchantments. These are all reprints, but they have some beautiful new artwork as well as like anime styles, which are going to be available as well. And the selection was very interesting. So we're going to start with one that I certainly didn't call. I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't have picked this. I wouldn't have anticipated this. And that's Phyrexian Unlife. 
is uh, is a white enchantment in this set. So how do you guys feel about this one? Um, yeah, it's an enchantment for two and a white. You don't lose the game for having zero or less life. And as long as you have zero or less life, all damage is dealt is dealt to you as though its source had infect. What are you guys' thoughts on this thing? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the art is fantastic. Uh, definitely love that. You'll see that on a lot of these different pieces of uh, Enchanted Tales. Some really good art, both from the anime side and non-anime side. Um, but yeah, this card, I don't think... What was it? Reprinted once? In maybe. Maybe Double Masters or something like this. And mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... That sounds right. Um, yeah. It's a sweet card. I mean, I remember Phyrex Phyrexian on Life in the Ad Nauseum decks uh, a while back. Uh, I'm not trying to date myself, but, you know, <laughs> um, it, it's such a sweet card to play. Occasionally, I do see it in Commander. Um, so the Commander lovers are definitely going to enjoy this printing of this card. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, X, for Phyrexian on Life. Yeah, I think it's like a pretty cool choice. Um, I feel like all the enchantments they're choosing are actually pretty interesting because uh, this is actually like the first time we're being treated, just like Ham said earlier, to these enchantments, right? Like a lot of the time that we've gotten these cards, uh, essentially these are uh, these. This sets what we used to know as expeditions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That special sheet that comes in in the set. Well, they've done a lot of lands and they have done a lot of artifacts, so it's actually cool to finally get to see a lot of enchantments because enchantments we have to remember is like this weird kind of like card type that unless you're really into enchantments as like a player, you actually like rarely see them uh, and you rarely see them. So you never run removal. And then of course cards like <laughs> wedding announcement that we know in standard are a lot better just because they are enchantments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's pretty cool getting this bonus sheet and finally mm -hmm. seeing cards like Frexian on life that we actually would probably have never seen in most other sets. Uh, but because it's on the special sheet, we get this really awesome art. And new players get to experience this card for the first time, where me and Carlo have seen it uh, previously in the past, get played quite a bit in Modern. We live through that era. So uh, really happy that they're picking cards like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it effectively adds 10 to your life total, right? Like, you know, in kind of a weird roundabout way. There's, of course, also all kinds of combat or combo things you can do with it, um, which is honestly a lot of fun the yeah, can't then, lose conditions are generally a good time in my opinion yeah now remember um all of these cards that you all are seeing today um all the enchanted tales are available in draft boosters too so when it comes time to draft this set or play seal that your pre-release uh or if you're going to play it on arena um you're going to be able to play with these cards and some of them are quite powerful um, oh and hey, you know, Phyrexian Unlife getting you a uh, little extra life at the end there in a limited game might be very effective. Absolutely. That could buy you the turn you need to, to win the race. Absolutely. All right. So the next one that we want to talk about is uh, Greater Oromancy. So we're staying in white. And Greater Oromancy is an enchantment for one in a white. It is a mythic. Other enchantments you control have Shroud and enchanted creatures you control have Shroud. So Shroud is an interesting mechanic if you're not familiar. It's uh, kind of an older keyword now. They've kind of innovated on it since then. Uh, Shroud kind of became Hexproof, which has now more or less become Ward. I know Hexproof is still mm -hmm. around to some degree. But Shroud was interesting and it was different from Hexproof because of if a permanent had Shroud, no one could target it with abilities or spells, including the owner or you know the controller of that permanent, um, which is the main difference with Hexproof. 
And so that caused a lot of feels bads when people were like, what do you mean I can't equip this to my thing? It's like, I don't know what to tell you. You, you literally can't. Like, that's right. how it works. Um, and as a result, it was kind of self-balancing, and I liked it for that reason, but apparently it was confusing, and they have kind of moved away from it. But here we have, you know, here we have an enchantment that is granting Shroud to a ton of stuff. So are, are we happy to see Shroud kind of coming back into this into a standard booster pack, even if it's not going into standard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a more expensive card. Now, greater Armancy kind of always has been. So I'm glad to see it in this slot in a four to $5 booster pack, mm -hmm. um, in terms of value. I think the latest printing before this was the judge promo and that still commanded a premium. Um, so to be able to get it out of a cheaper pack is great. Um, I, Love the card and commander, um, but I think it's going to cause some confusion at the pre-release, mm. um, especially for newer players who haven't played with Shroud um, before, um, and they're not probably going to understand the difference between that and Hexproof. So judges are going to have a lot of explaining to do, um, but hopefully it'll introduce some of those players to this older mechanic, um, you know, and taking a look at enchantments, you know, and th there's a lot in Wilds of Eldraine, um, you know, it, it's probably going to have great limited interaction, um, especially, I think the roles are enchantment tokens, they are. if I'm not mistaken. So yep. it's going to be hard for you to get rid of the roles that other cards give you um, in that limited format. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, this card is, uh, and it's so funny, like, we have a card from a set that's kind of similar to Aldrain and like the Lorwyn block, Shadowmoor mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to actually get to see them reprint this in a set where like almost the flavor is like there just as much. And yeah, I'd like to touch on both of you guys' point. You know, it's a really powerful card. Uh, this is one of the few times it's been reprinted. So getting it into a standard base set's really awesome. And another big thing that I actually kind of want to touch on with this set specifically overall is that if you bought the enchantment deck from commander masters the pre-con you're actually getting rewarded very heavily because the next set is giving you all these powerful cards that are either getting reprinted mm -hmm. or being printed into the regular eldraine set mm. so bear that in mind you know i know that's like one of the cheaper pre-cons so you know if you get your hands on it or you already have it just remember you know the set's giving you a lot of tools, and once again, it's bringing a lot of light to these enchantment decks, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. This card is... I feel like this card is just really powerful, definitely a different time back then, and you're right, like, Shroud definitely confuses people. There's actually a lot of rules um, with Shroud yeah, there are. that mm -hmm. kind of started to get in the way, so it, it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see what ends up, you know, happening with it, and if more Commander players end up, you know, making enchantment decks as well, so... Pretty interesting to see all these enchantments. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Well, and when we get into the other cards, you'll notice that it's we're, you know, they, they, they it's not lip service. The design for the new for Wilds of Eldraine itself is very enchantment heavy. Like, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're gonna move on to blue. The next one that I want to talk about here is Kindred Discovery. This is a pretty powerful card for Commander. It is an enchantment for three blue blue. As Kindred Discovery enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. 
this card is just uh, this card's a beating. I think uh, many creature type decks uh, really appreciate this card. Um, I even said before we started the podcast, I was like, yeah, I had to reread this card like three times. I I buy it all the time from people, but I never mm-hmm. really like read it. And now that I've read it, I realize how utterly broken it is where you play cards that make multiple one ones and then all of a sudden like you're just drawing like 10 cards in two turns or more it's just like yeah this card this card's mean and uh you know another card that's a little bit pricier but nothing too crazy but still you know getting a reprint is fantastic gets it into the hands of players who went into the eldrazi went into the sliver deck all these cards that Mm -hmm. bounce off of these you know creature types that are getting a lot more successful cards and a lot more light so Really cool to see Kinder Discovery get uh, reprint here and pretty on theme. Uh, I mean, even this set has, you know, certain creature types that are definitely, you know, highlighted more than others. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, really awesome reprint. Yeah, for sure. I mean, aside from Commander, which is definitely a desirable card for Commander players, um, do remember that all of these, with the exception of six pre-banned ones, um, are going to be legal in Arena either in the format that they are legal in already or historic, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, Kindred Discovery, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I like to play some jank brews, especially in historic. That's around certain creature types. I don't know about jank here, dude. No, I don't know, man. That's kind Um, of a tough sell. (laughs) You know, it's definitely going to be a part of some sweet decks. Um, But from a limited perspective, uh, Kindred Discovery goes along pretty great with fairies um which is why i'm assuming that there is a fairy on this card uh (laughs) cards art um i don't know about you but fairies like to draw cards and discard cards and drain you and get bigger and beat you down in the air so this is a a pretty sweet limited card that i'd be excited to open um yeah so i'm ready for kindred discovery could you imagine okay uh i don't believe we were planning on talking about it specifically but bitter blossom is also going to be available so could you yeah. imagine opening Kind Discovery and Bitter Blossom in a in a limited pool? Sounds like I've won my pre-release. <laughs> well, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna <laughs> be expecting yeah. to win that one. Yeah, you're gonna sure. be walking away with that game. That's pretty nuts. Um, now, the interesting thing that I find about Kindred Discovery is it isn't a May, so you are drawing this card. So obviously in Commander, where you've got a 99 card, you know, main deck, you've got plenty of runway, no problem. Draw them cards. You're gonna have a great time. But in yeah, in the limited environment where you start with 40. Your library size might be a problem if, if you have a heavy creature theme. You know, there are a lot of fairies in the set. There are also a lot of rats in this set. So if you mm-hmm. end, up, end, up, end up in some kind of, like, demure rat thing, like, I mean, that's a weird build. But if you pull it off, hey, go go nuts. Um, <laughs> like right? that, my, uh, my, my rat tokens that can't block can certainly attack. They certainly can. Oh, my yeah, goodness. And they are entering the battlefield. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have all those things going for you. So this could be incredibly powerful, but like all super powerful draw engines, it is possible to fly too close to the sun and mill yourself out. So be yeah. aware of that. All right. The next one that we're going to touch on is Omniscience. And for this one, I did grab the anime art because honestly, it is stunning. Yeah. Uh, so I have, uh, you know, for a lot of these, for the YouTube video version of the show, um, I made a point of grabbing just kind of the standard art, which is all gorgeous, by the way. I love how like, for these bonus sheets, even the normal art is very stylized and very, mm-hmm. very unique. Like they look like illustrations from kind of like a book of fairy tales, right? Yep. And but they also have these anime versions, um, which 
love them or hate them, they're here. I know some people are going to be all about them and some people really can't stand them. And wherever you fall, you might open one and they're going to be worth some money. So, yeah, I love it. Anyway, Omniscience. This card, if you've never played in... I don't, if you haven't played it for a long time, like on the historic play queue, you may not have seen this one, but if you've ever seen an Emergent Ultimatum Resolve, there is a high likelihood you were presented with this card. It is an enchantment for a seven blue, blue, blue. It says, you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. That, I mean, that might be one of the most powerful sentences of rules text in Magic. Like, that is bonkers. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's like one of my is. favorite things to hear, right? Between, like, <laughs> can't be countered, draw cards, and then you may cast without paying yeah. its mana costs. It's like, oh. yeah, that's definitely up there. For free? Oh, yeah. full free? Who doesn't like anything for free 99? That's it. Yeah. But what if all the cards in your hand are free? Like, all now, of them. you know, from a from a limited perspective, um, not that I don't want to open this card, but it does cost 10 mana. Mm -hmm. So in, in this particular limited format, it might be too expensive to play. Um, but, you know, anime-looking omniscience, foil, maybe... Uh, mm -hmm. We can be excited for it. They're going to come in confetti foils and paper magic um, for the yes. first time ever in the anime arts only. So mm -hmm. I definitely want to open one of these for Commander. But also another prime example, just like Greater Aramancy, of a card that commanded a premium um, that now is going to be accessible once again in four to five dollar booster packs. We're here it. for we're here for this. One hundred percent. Commander well, Masters who? Yeah. Right. Well, and, and the funny thing is, I also find it amazing that there are so many cards that were like some of the chase cards and Commander Masters that are on this sheet. Or it's like, or you could just, you know, you could hold out and buy the set boosters of the, you know, of the, of the standard set. Right. And yeah, the fact that these cards that were these massive, super expensive chase cards are in draft boosters or in set boosters. I, I adore that. And even the anime art, which they easily could have restricted to only the collector boosters. Mm -hmm. Nope. Freely available in the cheaper booster products. Go nuts, everybody. I think that's beautiful. I love it. But yeah. Yeah, this is like one of the best arts, right? Like this art's so unreal. Good. Like it, they nail it with this one. Uh, I yeah. actually got to resolve this for one of the first times ever uh, a couple weekends ago in Commander. And um, how'd it feel? Uh, I was pretty nice. <laughs> I was playing Zyrus, so I just, you know, uh, played it, attacked with my, um, the Umbra, untaps all my lands, and then I was like, okay, now mm -hmm. I can use my abilities. Uh, you know, like, I could do a lot of broken things besides play my whole hand. So, I, obviously, I played my whole hand and won that game. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that definitely speaks to volumes of this. Uh, I was going to mm -hmm. tell Carla, listen, if you're going to be drafting this, I can guarantee you there's going to be a generic reanimation spell. So yeah, I mean, know, listen. You're if gonna get I that on this. Don't realistically, worry. at the pre-release, I'm playing it. Doesn't oh, yeah. mean that it's good, but we're <laughs> still jamming it. Which is funny because I'm thinking if I'm like sitting down for a draft, right? And if I'm sitting down for a physical draft, pack one, pick one. This is in there, especially if it's the anime version. Can you imagine if it's an anime confetti foil? I'm not even looking at the rest of the pack. I'm just right. taking it. Like, but <laughs> but um. I'm, I'm taking it with the full understanding that it may not make the deck. Like, I mm -hmm. might end up abandoning that pack one, pick one. We've all been there, right? Where it's just like, it's a sweet card, but I cannot support it. So, yeah. you know, it's like blue was not open at all. All right, here we are. You know, but I would love to own it, you know, and I'm willing to lose that draft pick. That could have otherwise been a powerful card for, for mm -hmm. the deck if I could get my hands on one of these because it looks great. Yeah. So, yeah, Omniscience, good stuff. 
All right, the other one that we want, the next one that we're gonna be talking about is Oppression. We're going into black now. This one is an enchantment for one black black. Whenever a player casts a spell, that player discards a card. That is brutal. Up. Oh, yeah, that card's pretty mean. For three mana? Gross. <laughs> Sign me up. I don't know when the last time Oppression was printed offhand. I My understanding is it hasn't been for a while. And so I'm ready to get my hands on these cards. Um, something tells me a very janky historic deck might be made out of this card. Um, and Probably. some Liliana the Veils and some rats that make you discard Ooh, tiny a card bones. for two mana. Uh, tiny so, Bones, Waste Knot, Raven Man not. maybe. I don't know. You, you, yeah, you, there, there are opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready for this card. Um, the Foil is going to look amazing in the showcase art for this. Mm -hmm. um, the, the art is fantastic. But yeah, Oppression, sign me up. 100%. I want that card in Limited. Uh, I want it in Commander. I want it in Historic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this card's uh, pretty strong. Uh, it's just like, it's one of those cards that is the perfect hate card because you play it and then everyone else gets affected by it. Yep. Mm -hmm. before you have to deal with it and it's an obvious card that if you're playing in your deck you can take advantage of it by playing cards you reanimate playing cards that have effects from the graveyard flashbacks things like that so well, uh, always really cool to get these old enchantments reprinted absolutely well and cards like cards that uh impulsively draw become very important or cards yeah like you're saying with flashback ones that you can cast from outside your hand because then you can kind of run the game with an empty hand because if you only have one card in hand and you cast that spell Oppression triggers, you don't have a card to discard. You know, it doesn't have any kind of text that says if you can't discard a card, you lose life or anything. You just you just discard no, no cards. That's it. Then you're fine. So you're unaffected. So, yeah, if you're running your deck where your goal is to be hellbent, where you have nothing in hand, then everybody else who's drawing a million cards gets to just get wrecked by this because you're just ruining their card advantage mm -hmm. while hopefully you have tempo advantage on the board and are able to you know, carry that through to a win. So I, I think this card is an interesting build around. It's something I definitely want to try. I have a feeling it is going to be miserable to play against too. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, pretty nasty stuff. Oh yeah. All right. Next up we have polluted bonds. This is an enchantment for three black, black. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that player loses two life and you gain two life. Pre-release. Oppression yeah, that card's just mean. plus polluted bonds. <laughs> we are making our opponent have no fun at all at the Walls no. of Eldraine pre-release. Um, you know, there's this. <laughs> Imagine playing oppression into polluted bonds and then playing cards off the top of your deck. Like, you have you to have... play lands to play the game, so you're gonna lose life uh, and not have a good time. Um, but it is the first reprint of this card since Shadow. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I'm hyped for it because I never got a chance to get this card in Shadowmoor. I kind of took a break from took a break from magic for the Lorewind block, even though it's mm -hmm. the first time that uh uh Planeswalkers came out um yeah. for like a year when I was in college. Don't judge. Um, but you know, it, I'm excited to uh to open some some polluted bonds. Dude, zero judgment. Lorewind was the first set that came out after like I started taking a break from uh -huh. that ended up lasting many years actually. But it's anyway. so funny because I also yeah. took a break during World One, so that's really weird that all three of us did yeah. not get to experience a yeah, lot we, of these we lower cards like a uh, greater that, yeah. Ormancy, polluted bond. Um, yeah, this card yeah. just 
this card punishes probably one of the most common things in Commander, which is, you know, cultivate. Mm-hmm. Go search for land, put it into play. Uh, if anyone has a combo with lands, like neither the Reliquary, things like that, then you, know, you automatically lose, can't go infinite. Uh, it's also just kind of like a, a good check card, uh, you know, if mm-hmm. anybody starts to get ahead in mana. But uh, yeah, it's it's really crazy. You're going to get to open these cards and limited. Some, <laughs> sometimes it's going to feel like you're playing against a cube deck. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I don't even know how you beat this if you can't get rid of it. Like you, you, you just have to like curve out and you know, yeah. they, they just do like nothing, I guess. And then that, that's like the end of the game. I, I don't know. This card is pretty strong. Well, and depending on how fast the limited environment is, this could easily be a pack that people generally pass. Mm-hmm. And there might be one person who just manages to build the, the prison deck with all of these, you know, yeah, with all of these enchantments and it could get really nasty. So, yeah, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Yeah, and playing playing extra lands is something that in Commander is very common. You know, it's I don't know about you guys, but it's not at every single pod I sit down to, but at most pods there is some deck that wants to ramp with lands and mm-hmm. do some kind of landfall shenanigans. You know, you got your Tatiova decks and your Oboons and whatnot. Like, they're out there. Yeah, people are absolutely doing it. So this is a great way to, to punish those. And it's five mana, so it's expensive to get started. You know? Anyway. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right. Speaking of cards that uh, can really impact the game in insane ways, we have Repercussion is our first red enchantment that we're looking at today. It is one red red. And it says whenever a creature is dealt damage, Repercussion deals that much damage to that creature's controller. Yeah, another long while ago, uh, much needed reprint uh, for commander players everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Repercussion. Another kind of example of a card that might not be so fun to play against, but it's okay. Um, I have never owned this card, so I'm excited to, to open it out of a 4 to $5 booster pack. Uh, you know, common theme that you'll see with a lot of these <laughs> cards in the Enchanted Tales. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, going to be trying to cast a Blasphemous Act. To uh, exactly. pretty much kill everybody else, but me. Everybody at this point. dies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know this card existed until I saw the art for. I saw the other art. I think is like the showcase, or not the showcase, the regular. The regular no, the one, one that I, I pulled up here is the regular. Believe it or oh, not. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, the showcase. But is, the, I yeah. saw the showcase, and I was like, I had to look it up. It's like a Urza's Saga, or mm-hmm. you know, Urza's mm-hmm. block card. Yeah. I think it's like Destiny, maybe. Sorry if I'm wrong, but um, I read it, and I was like. Hold on, I gotta read this card again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "There's no way that card's real," and I was like, "Man, I've never seen this card." But it's because it's printed in a set that you just don't really see anymore. And yeah, it's cool to finally get to see this card. Like, there's so many people who are gonna get to experience this card for the first time. They're like, "Whoa, what is this from?" And then mm-hmm. obviously, it brings people back to some of those older sets, which is a really cool thing to do as well. Now, hear Absolutely. me out. Well, I know we're not gonna talk about it, but. Fiery Emancipation is also in the Enchanted Tales. That it is. So, pre-release, repercussion, Fiery Emancipation. I deal three damage to your creatures, you take nine. GG's. <laughs> Sounds great. What a great That's time. Insane. I, yeah, I'm into it. All right. Yeah. What a, what a, you know, magic the way Richard Garfield intended. Exactly. Well, actually, no. You would take more than nine. Because the three damage goes in and hits the creature for nine. And then that nine is then oh, tripled again on the way back. So they take 18. Or no, oh, no they, they take, take more than 18. Yeah, they take 27. 
27, that's what. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't math good. 27, but yeah, no, it's, it, it, yeah, a lightning strike becomes a kill shot if you have that set up. <laughs> good luck, pre-release attendees. Yep, have fun, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this card is nuts. And it's funny, The fr I actually just recently found out about this card as well, but it wasn't because of the previews. I found out about this card about a month ago when I was in a spell table draft pod and somebody played it and the rest of us went, wait, what? And it was awesome. And that was a yeah. fast game that was very dynamic and it changed the way we had to approach combat completely. It was really interesting. So, you know, I lost that game. I got completely smoked, but it was really fun while it lasted. And I love what this card did to affect the game state and affect the way that we approached um, even so, even the just basic magic fundamentals. And cards that can do that are the kinds mm -hmm. that I like to see in Commander. So I'm glad this gets a reprint. And I'm glad more people are going to be aware of it now because... I want to see it on more pods, honestly. Right. Like, it's really cool. All right. Next up, another red card that we just, we need to talk about this. It's getting reprinted at Mythic. Blood Moon is here. Two and a red enchantment. Non-basic lands are mountains. If you have not had the privilege to play with it, it's pro probably because you don't play modern, uh, like myself. Because um, this is like... This has been a or been a modern staple, especially coming out of sideboards for years. Um, mana bases are greedy, and this can punish greedy mana bases. So, unfortunately, this has been pre-banned in Historic. There were a handful of cards that were deemed too strong for Historic, or they presented a you know unfun a situation, game. an unfun yeah. game, you know, play pattern that they didn't want to encourage. Which fine, like I kind of get it when when you're format is filled with like three color five color you know yeah. good stuff piles having a single three mana enchantment that can completely shut them out of the game all right maybe that's feels bad like i, I understand that uh but i kind of like the idea of a check on those kinds of decks and this does that so i don't know mm -hmm. how do you guys feel about blood moon in general getting a reprint so so it's showing up here um hey. and then yeah and then also your thoughts on how no. this card this is like one of my favorite magic. cards in Paper Magic, I can pay four to five dollars for a booster pack and open up a Blood Moon to play against the Tron decks that yes. there was no action taken against. That's true. You know? Yeah, they didn't ban any of the Tron pieces or Karn the Great Creator or any of that jazz, but they're printing Blood Moon into a, into a standard booster product. So there we go. <laughs> That's their solution to the problem. Make yeah. Blood Moon cheaper. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love this card. I'm just upset it's getting pre-banned. I think uh, this is actually, in my opinion, this is one of the best kind of like hate cards because it punishes a lot of different decks that essentially play a lot of these greedy mana bases and kind of keeps those decks from usually taking over whatever format this card is legal in. Uh, so it not being going into historic is a little bit disappointing, but, uh, you know, Paper Magic, I'm obviously happy to see this card again. Uh, I love Blood Moon, one of my favorite cards of all time. Uh, I'm definitely the player who plays Blood Moon. I used to play Ponza a lot, so uh, you know I don't mind destroying some lands and turning mm -hmm. everyone lands into mountains uh, every once in a while. So uh, cool card. Um, yeah. I feel like this was almost like a given uh, for this set, just because yeah. this is like the red enchantment, right? I mean, just like doubling season is like the green enchantment. Like each color almost has that one enchantment. Like Necropotence, Ristic Study, yep. uh, Land Tax, like all these are like the most iconic enchantments in every color, and it, it's really cool to kind of see them hit the nail on the head with these. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, overall, good stuff. 
Yeah. Also, the, this the normal printing the or the kind of storybook artwork for this um, has some really awesome flavor text that actually I just read for the first time here. So I just want to share it with all of you, dear listeners and viewers. The worm's dread eye upon the land was turned, and all its people bent the knee or burned the night of Dragonfire. Very ominous. I like it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, good stuff. So last up, we're going to be, well, we have two more cards we're going to talk about, and they're going to be green. So there's some awesome green enchantments. Like you mentioned doubling season, which is going to be included. And we also have doubling seasons kind of counterpart. Well, or it's complement, I suppose in parallel lives. So this enchantment for three and a green. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many of those tokens instead. It's pretty straightforward. It does the thing. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, another really good example of a card that um, commanded a premium. Mm -hmm. um is widely played in commander any deck that has token strategies with green in it right um was a judge promo last that commanded a premium and now with these roll tokens that we create and food tokens that we create in eldraine <laughs> um parallel lives is certainly going to love this limited format um you know so it's it, it's a really good card to to try to play out there. Um, imagine playing the goose mother, which we will talk mm -hmm. about soon, uh, with parallel lives on the field. Uh, we just get all the food tokens, and we're fine with this, and we can't lose the game afterwards. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, no, this thing rules. Yeah, well, I'm happy to actually yeah. see this get reprinted. Right, I think this is the first actual reprint of this card, which is kind of weird because. I feel like we might have already seen this card before, but it definitely complements doubling season quite nice. It's definitely become a staple in a lot of different green decks and a lot of token strategies. So uh, mm -hmm. reprint was definitely warranted, and I'm happy to once again see them hit the nail on the head with this card. The art's awesome for this one. That's on the screen right now specifically. It's pretty oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, actually, the anime art for this one was pretty solid as well. Um, in general, they just really nailed it. Honestly, like I, I feel very confident and comfortable saying... Uh, without any reservation or qualification that magic art is awesome. Yeah. Period. Like, so uh, the magic art direction for the last number of years has been on point clearly. And the artists have just been absolutely crushing it. So like even the garbage comments that nobody cares about the art on them is beautiful. All of it. It's so good anyway, but yeah, no parallel lives is, is dope. Honestly, like if I'm not mistaken, I, I want to say parallel lives came before doubling season. And it's funny because is that right, or is it is it the other way around? Yeah, doubling season was an original Ravnica. Oh, it was okay. Uh, Got and it. Parallel was uh, Innistrad. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But in any event, it's kind of funny. You really see how important redundancy is for certain effects because it's this is one of those things where like the existence of one does not reduce the price of the other at all. <laughs> like, because yeah. if a deck wants one, they want both. Period. It just is what it is. So. Yeah, I'm glad to see that in this bonus sheet, they're printing both. They're just like, yeah, whatever. They're both here. And uh, yeah, and I mean, there's an outside chance. I don't think it's going to happen very often at all. But there's an outside chance that you could like pack one, pick one, a doubling season and get past a parallel lives. You know, it's actually, mm -hmm. it's probably a lot more likely to happen to pack, pick two or, oh, you know, pack two or three, but still. That's so mean. How insane like, would that be, right? Like, it might happen. Uh, it's not, again, so not mean. likely. I'm just saying, like not impossible <laughs> yeah both of those back i mean everything we're talking about right now limited is going to be insane oh totally yeah. like it's it's just going to be oh and oh, honestly it's going to be nuts. that's what i really enjoyed about march of the machines and 
the multiverse legends. Like when you were playing limited and drafting, it was like a mini cube within a set. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like that so much, right? Because it throws off what would have been the traditional draft format of the set. But hey, more bombs like this sounds great. Um, and you could have literally drafted a multiverse legends dot deck in March of the Machines Limited. Um, this will be a little hard to do because they're all enchantments, right? right? Um, but it there's so many powerful cards here that beneficially interact with the new mechanics from Wilds of Eldraine um, that we're going to get to see shine here. And Parallel Lives is definitely one of those cards that does it. Oh, absolutely. And so last up, the last one that we want to talk about on the bonus sheet here is Defense of the Heart. It's here, everybody. I honestly, I didn't realize that this wasn't on the reserve list. We see it so rarely. Um, I think like the last time, was the absolute last time we saw it Urza's block? I mean, because I yeah, think it's that's never it, been reprinted, I don't think. Yeah, we, we've never seen a reprint to the point where, like, yeah, genuinely, I thought it was on the reserve list because what other reason could there be for them yeah. never reprinting this? But it's an enchantment for three and a green. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls three or more creatures, sacrifice Defense of the Heart, search your library for up to two creature cards, put those cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle. This card's insane. It's nuts, card dude. Is just, this card is just nuts. It's like, just, man. I, I used to play this card in EDS. This card's just nuts. It's just like, oh, I guess, oh, everyone's been playing Magic? I'm just going to play this card and then play my Magic on my next turn. Pretty if much. no one destroys this, like, uh, yeah, this card's just absolutely nuts. Really fun card. I love green cards, so really mm-hmm. happy to see this in the set. And just like you mentioned, the first reprint, so pretty happy about it overall. Yeah, Defense of the Heart is going to get me excited when I'm at the pre-release and my opponent has 1-1 tokens out and I have no creatures. And then I am going to search up two mega bombs um, and put them on the battlefield, some of which we'll probably talk about uh, with the inset cards from Walls of Eldraine in just a moment. Um, but yeah, this is going to be some fun games. Um yeah, we'll leave it at that. This card this is thing, ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, this so card is ridiculous. ridiculous. Four mana, like four mana double creature tutor. Like we I think we talked about tooth and nail probably on this podcast like a while ago. And there's oh, gonna yeah. be some cards that we're gonna talk about here uh, on the podcast as well that are very similar, like a tooth and nail. You know, search for two creatures, put them on the yeah. battlefield. You know, top X cards. And this card just four mana. You could literally just cast this on like turn three or something, and then just go off the next turn. I can see some jank in historic where i play from kamigawa the black enchantment that gives my opponent rat tokens <laughs> and then we yes. defensive the <laughs> and then we defensive the heart and we go get two bombs and then get the rats back sign me up <laughs> that sounds I'm so awesome in. Yeah, or one of the bombs awesome. you can grab is Toxroll, so you can just turn them into turn them into Ooh. slugs immediately or whatever yeah like, i yeah, don't know great. you you could do some silly nonsense with that absolutely oh one of the bot. Oh wait, no! The two cards that you grab. Got it. So I love that setup. That's beautiful. Two cards you get: Clackbridge Troll, Massacre Worm. <laughs> oh my god! Call it a day. <laughs> Boom! There you go. Yeah. Got GG. him. All right, got we him. did it. Uh, <laughs> we broke the format. <laughs> oh you my god! You get on it. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah, there. Are, yeah, t- yeah. We, there are a lot of amazing jank brewers out there. We we know you. We see you. Get, make it happen. All right. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. 
Uh, but yeah, no, Defense of the Heart, four mana, tooth and nail. That's a thing that exists. That's yeah. insane. I, I, I love it. Um, well, and that's actually one of the bonuses. Okay, this is going to be a little bit of an aside, but as we're getting ready to go into the kind of the inset Wilds of Eldraine cards, um, I just, one of the things that's kind of nice about power creep, which I'm not, a, I'm not pro power creep for the record, but one of the things that's nice is we're able to go into the vaults and find the cards that were like way too busted from the past and maybe pull them forward and maybe they just kind of fit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's beautiful. I kind of like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's get into kind of the meat of the actual set. So though all of that that we just touched on, those were in the bonus sheet. And so you'll get them in the draft format. Those will also be legal in historic on Arena for the most part, except for the ones that were specifically banned. Um, but now let's get into the actual standard set. So these are ones you're going to be able to brew with in standard. They're going to be legal in uh, Explorer, Pioneer, you know, all that jazz. You know, whereas the the bonus sheet, they, their legality in those formats don't change as a result of them being here. But these ones, brand new cards. Let's get into it. And I want to start with one that I think is going to be very powerful. The floor on this card is pretty bad, but the upside is bonkers. And that is Beseech the Mirror. This is a sorcery for one black, black, black with bargain, which is a new mechanic that says you may sacrifice an artifact, enchantment, or token as you cast this spell. And then you end up getting some kind of kicker style effect. In the case of Beseech the Mirror, you search your library for a card, exile it face down, then shuffle. If this spell was bargained, you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. If If that spell's mana value is four or less. Put the exile card into your hand if it wasn't cast this way. So yeah. I, this card's gonna get some cards banned. This card will eventually probably be banned. <laughs> I think that this card is insanely powerful, uh, especially in a standard setting with cards like Shieldred. Uh and plenty there's you know, the more cards they print at four mana, the better this card gets, at least in standard. Mm-hmm. And you know, people have already talked about this card getting played in Legacy. And I think this card's just at first, it didn't seem that crazy, but then the more that you think about it, the more busted the card is, and it's mm-hmm. like super easy to activate, right? Am I am I like the only one that feels like this card is just a little you're, bit over the top? You're telling me that because standard didn't rotate, that I can sack either my roll token that gets created from another card, my clue token, my treasure token. And I can cast Shieldred for four mana, get it out of the deck onto the battlefield. So mm-hmm. I can play four of this card and four Shieldred, and we're good. Yep. Well, and because things didn't rotate, that Blood Tithe Harvester that you were playing that was just leaving that bloodline around that you didn't really care about, well, that's perfect bargain fodder. You're good to go, baby. It's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty nuts. Um, yeah, no, this is copies four through eight of Shieldred in standard, 100%. You do have to build the deck a little bit differently. Like, the mono black deck doesn't really have enchantments, artifacts, um, or tokens lying around with its current build, but you can tweak that. Like, that's, you know, you can work with that. It's not if that If you believe, not that if hard. there's a will, mm-hmm. you're going to play Beseech the Mirror. Yeah. And you're going to either go get Shielded or some crazy removal spell to help you win the game. Like, maybe yep. a removal spell we'll talk about later, actually. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just think that, like... It's <laughs> toolbox is uh, your whole free deck. spells. It's, it's free nuts. spells are just a problem. And mm-hmm. this is like just a tutor that gets your free spell. So gets a lot of comparisons to bring to light uh, mm-hmm. cards like that I've seen recently. So like I said, I hate 
bringing up band talk immediately, but I honestly feel like this card is absurdly powerful, and I feel like there are going to be ways to abuse it. Either So it's either going to be a highly crazy combo card, or it's just going to be a card like we're talking about right now, where it's like the best mid-range card you could play. Because mm -hmm. at any point in the game, you just go get the one card you're missing, you go get the bomb, you play Shieldrick, you go get the removal spell, you kill them. You go get the discard spell to see what they have in their hand. Uh, you go get the reanimation card you need. You go get, you know, it, whatever your card engine is, is all of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just go, your deck can be full of, you know, five or six one ups that you just bullet for because you know at that time that it's going to be a lot better. And mm -hmm. I just feel like you don't even need to cast a card for free. Like, you can just go get an actual card that you need to win the game and either cast it in the same turn or wait a turn. You know, yep. double spell on turn six, yeah. and then the next turn you cast the actual card you're trying to cast. Yeah, yeah. Like at worst, th this card is demonic tutor, or not demonic tutor, um, diabolic tutor. Diabolic, yeah. Which for is, four mana, and which is diabolic tutor was played. Yeah, not not yeah. amazing, but it can get the job done if it needs yeah. to. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I think you're right. This card is nuts, and when you get into older formats, it gets even more nuts mm -hmm. because there are some four mana cards that are absolutely just format shattering right now i don't know there's the one ring for example so <laughs> in modern you and historic mean i can sack my token and get one ring out of my deck and cast it for free or you can sacrifice the one ring that you have that has five burden counters on it to go grab one that's totally clean stick it on the Ew. battlefield and get protection for a turn oh yeah the stuff you can do with this thing is nutty it's... Wait, wait, wait. Damn, this card. What? Yeah, what? this thing. This thing. Right you here. You mean I can sack a token and go get Karn the Great Creator and then can. wish for the one ring out of my sideboard? Or your next you know beseech, the, beseech the mirror to, uh, target, right? You can go get the artifact you need to sacrifice to it. Man, this <laughs> card is... Oh my... Like, there's no way this card doesn't have repercussions. That's the all I'm gonna, of, you know, like the amount no of thing. consistency that this is giving those mid range decks, or potentially some kind of combo deck we haven't seen yet, is like insane. Just yeah, get ready for insane. some uh, formats to get broke. I, I just <laughs> either we're gonna be really wrong about this card, or this card is literally going to get like five cards banned before it actually gets banned. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's gonna be one, one of those. Space. It's gonna be a non factor, and it's gonna, and we're gonna look silly, or it's just gonna be insane and everybody's gonna hate it i i, just, I think the latter i think this card's really freaking good but we'll see yeah we haven't even i feel like there's so many things we haven't even talked about yet mm -hmm. that make this card potent right like the yogmoth combo and modern potentially gets better um you know maybe make a few more food in those decks or maybe this is the card that the food decks were missing or mm. some of the artifact Could decks be. were missing. maybe the mono black deck gets better because you can go search for the one ring or go search for Literally whatever and cast it, right? Yeah. Like that's the yeah. number one thing with this card. This is a perfectly fair card mm -hmm. at four mana. But the fact that you get to go look for the card you want and potentially get to play it for free in the same turn, like that's that's pretty nuts. Yeah. The other thing I want to call out though, like when it comes to bargain, like it's a mechanic where there are a lot of well, there's a hoop you have to jump through, right? You have to have like the tokens or the expendable artifacts or enchantments lying around. There are a couple of decks that have kind of fallen out of favor <clears throat> as of late in standard that I think might see a resurgence if the bargain payoffs are there. Specifically, I'm going to call it Oni Cult Anvil. <clears throat> so Oni Cult Anvil decks leave a lot of just artifacts lying around and then sack the artifacts to generate more artifacts while they're doing the thing with the artifacts. So there are a number of payoffs 
where you can take advantage of that. And there are a couple of other cards we're going to talk about later that I think can really take that deck to 11 as well. But bargain payoffs like Besiege the Mirror can definitely fit in something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you could have a one of Shaldred in that deck and a couple of Besiege the Mirrors, and you could just turn one of your little 1-1 Construct tokens into a Shaldred if, yeah. if, if the mood strikes you, you know, if you're, if you're feeling it. So You know, um, so we just banned Invoke Despair. And Invoke Despair was a card that I remember in our set review uh, mm -hmm. on my channel a long time ago. We talked about Invoke Despair maybe maybe getting play. We were like, it's obviously probably the best Invoke, but the problem is four black, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Streets of New Capenna made, it, made us not care about that. Right. And just like Carla mentioned earlier, because cards aren't rotating, the triple black on this card is way easier to cast in standard mm -hmm. than you think. You know, with the more dual lands they're even adding, with the creature lands, like, mm -hmm. at, you know, at the end of the day, that triple black that you're looking at is actually not really that intimidating because it's one less than you needed for Invoke Despair, and that card got played. <laughs> and this card's potentially on the same power level where you can kind of get whatever you want. So right, uh, I definitely expect this card to... I'm telling you, it's it could shape how things are, or maybe four yeah. mana is too slow. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, You know, we'll I'm see. not sure which one it is. All right. Next up, we have just a big, just big, just a big ass dragon. Um, all right, I don't even know what else to call it. It is just, it is what it is. So here we have Realm Scorcher Hellkite. This is a four six dragon, not legendary note. So just do with that what you will. Uh, four red red. With this also has bargain, and flying and haste. When Realm Scorcher Hellkite enters the battlefield, if it was bargained, add four mana in any combination of colors. No three of that could be black, just saying. Then you can pay one in red. Realm Scorcher Hellkite deals one damage to any target. So I got so Pizza, you're excited about this one. Uh, so yeah. talk to me, dude. What what is it about this card that gets you so jazzed? I just like cards that give you the mana back. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a six drop, Fair. but the fact that this card can. So two things about it is it gives you mana that you can use on its own ability, which is the one damage to any target. And then on top of that, you can use that mana to maybe cast another hasty threat or a burn spell or a removal spell or, I don't know, shieldred. Like, you can just, you know, Winning bargain, out. play this card, play shieldred, hit them for four, and then now they take another two, and then now you have two ridiculous cards that are about to end the game. I, mm -hmm. The biggest factor about this card, and there's another card in this set, uh, was the four mana dragon. I... The name escapes the me right dragon. now. Yep. Yeah, Decadent Dragon. So I know a lot of people are a little bit hype about the Decadent Dragon, and I definitely get it. It's a pretty on-curve card, and it has adventure and everything. Um, I think the main difference is is that it doesn't have haste. And I really think that the, one of the most important parts about this card is the fact that it, it can attack right away. Mm -hmm. So you, cannot, you can have a turn where you can bargain. If you have enough mana, you can bargain this and then play another one. And that's just going to be like game ending pretty much. <laughs> you can like piggyback them. Yeah. I'm not really sure where this card goes. Definitely like a mid range deck, I would say. But the fact that you're able to play this card and essentially what some of your best cards are at four mana uh, is pretty insane. So, I mean, you're probably just going to play it with Beseech the Mirror, anyways, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you can certainly play this card in like a wider mono red deck. Um, you know, coincidentally, it giving you four mana back means that you could play Cough from All Will Be One um, and get additional red mana right out of your deck, um, get close to an emblem win. 
you like you said you can definitely stack multiple of these dragons if you have enough mana <laughs> um right now there is like sort of a go wide mono red deck that exists in standard right it plays invasion of tarkir it plays invasion of regatha it plays katha ready some of them were playing thundering raju you could play this dragon into a thundering raju and you could put a counter on this dragon and make its power five um it's powerful in itself. It's a removal spell on a stick, right? Because it gives you the four mana back. You can deal two damage to a creature. Let's say your opponent's got some fairy masterminds on the battlefield. It pings both of those cards and lets you get in for some some damage. Fairy masterminds in the Demir deck, which is mm-hmm. by and large one of the top decks in standard at the moment. Um, you know, this card is a hundred percent playable, and we've got the ramp. Uh, I- I'm trying to call Astral's Flame right now because they know how to play dragons better than I do. So, you know, there's so- got to be some type of ramp that's going. And we do have the red-black uh, Viashino Legend um, that taps for two mana of any color for dragon spells. Absolutely. Um, and he gives dragons flashback. I just want to put that... Anyway, just, yeah. Sign me up. So good. Uh, yeah. No, all, all of these points, 100% completely agree. And it's funny you mentioned Astral's Flame. Actually, I was talking to I was talking to him earlier. We did a we did a show together earlier, and he mentioned he wanted to talk about like three cards from the set to highlight. It's like his best one. This was one of them. Yeah. This. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he was into it. Um, yeah. The fact that you always have something to use the mana on, like the floor is that four mana. I mean, honestly, worst case scenario, you just don't bargain it, in which case you still have a four, six flying haster right. that can turn mana into damage. Like that's still nice, <laughs> you know, but if you do get the bargain at the very least it's two damage divided as you choose. Like, but yeah, if you do have an opportunity to chain it, you can easily get 10 mana worth of stuff, you know, off this. And the idea of doing multiples back to back, that is a horrifying concept. And I love it. And what uh, about, yeah. what about sacrificing power stones that are put in play? And, you know, for for a while ago, and I'm sorry that I'm geeking out on standard, but hey, like over a month ago, two months ago, maybe there was, you know, if you remember all the way back to Brothers War, there was like a blue red artifacts deck that played Power Stones and such. Iconoclast. Um, You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And you you could play, um, what was it? Like Stern Lesson was like draw two, ditch, Mm -hmm. make Power Stone. Um, yep. what's the, uh, what's the oven that's yeah. in standard the the deck was built around it but then Mihook got banned and it got worse are you thinking uh, about Oni, Oni Cult Anvil? Oni Cult Anvil. Yeah. yeah, Oni Cult Anvil. Like, they, yeah, the, you, they'll be able to bargain it will. Yeah, like, that, that deck has no problem over bargaining. the top Anvil card, right? Mm-hmm. Those decks play artifacts, they play tokens Like, I think mm-hmm. this is um, it's, it's six mana but it, it's a really powerful effect it does something that in the game is powerful which is mana and then on top of that, it's a card that if the opponent's at low enough life, they just take six damage and the game yep. ends if mm-hmm. they didn't already die because you're going to get the untapped with six mana and you're lightning bolting, dividing it, or just straight to the face every well, turn until they're dead, pretty much. And if you're, if you're going up against an aggressive deck, I mean, and it took you a minute to get to your six drop, the six got a beefy backside. He can block for you very comfortably as well. So, yeah. I don't know. Is it Big Red's time to shine? I'm hopeful. Like the, some of the pieces are here, and this is looking like a fine addition to that. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna just gonna play it in breach. It's another card you play in breach. I see no you problem. You can bargain and then breach. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Cool. So next up, a card I probably won't play in breach, but I, I will personally be playing it in a lot of decks. Whether that is smart or not, I don't know. Time will tell. But it is blossoming tortoise. This is a three-three for two green green. 
It is a creature type turtle. I love that. Its name is tortoise. Its type is turtle. Screw you, taxonomy. We get them both. And whenever Blossoming Tortoise enters the battlefield or attacks, mill three cards, then return a land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Activated abilities of lands you control cost one less to activate. But wait, there's more. Land creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Now, <laughs> Lanor Lone Speaker doesn't rotate. It makes a creature land. Mm-hmm. Ren and Realm Breaker makes a land into a creature. Slogurk does not rotate, right? It gets bigger. Yep. Uh, Titania plus uh, the land, right? Uh, it slots right into there. And this card isn't even legendary. No. So we can have multiple blossoming turtle t- <laughs> tortoises in play. Um, and yeah, it, it it's really big to make those land creatures from a 3-3 three, three to a 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my and, goodness, yes. You know, we're not even talking about um, Joel Rael from Aftermath, mm-hmm. which is Simic, and, and cares about our cards in hand and making land creatures. There is uh, Tatiova, three mana t- Tatiova at Uncommon. That we could play in this land creature base deck. Um, you know, it self mill is a thing. Um, totally. for us to be able to get back cards from our graveyards, and this definitely ramps into that. Mm-hmm. And not to mention it is a ramp spell. So, you know, playing this on like turn three ensures that we could play a five drop on turn four or six six drop on turn four with a mana dork on two. Um, and there is a new mana dork that's also printed in this set. That's by and large, too. the best mana dork we've probably seen in standard in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the elemental raccoon, that is absolutely. So, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, these are going to be some 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 good brewing that oh, we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. This card's pretty sweet, especially with like the creature lands coming back in from mm-hmm. Eldrain. Uh, like we have the creature lands. We also have cards like uh, what is it? Uh, the Gitrog, the Thalia and the Gitrog, which also yep. like kind of let you play additional lands. So you can play like this weird kind of like land rampy brew that mm-hmm. goes over the top with all these creatures that are based off of it. And I mean, self mills great. Uh, this card just gets really, really strong as the game progressive and mm-hmm. coming into play and attacking for the trigger is I think key for this card success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the floor on this is that it ramps you and you're absolutely right. If you hit a two mana dork, it managed to survive to survive until turn three, which is already in some cases asking a lot in this current standard. But assuming it does, then you hit this on turn three, and yeah, you're you're just doing the thing. The activation cost reduction I think is really meaningful. So obviously there are the creature lands in this set that can activate themselves and have some mana component mm-hmm. to that. So it makes that easier. Okay, that's nice. But that's thinking small. You know, we also have cards like Mirax. There's Mishra's Foundry that, like, can just animate itself now for free uh, if this is live. And there's an interaction. I really wish I remember who in my Twitch chat pointed this interaction out so I could give them credit because it blew my mind. Carlo, I think you might have been there when, it, when this came up. Draconic Destiny. It's an aura. It's a red aura that the enchanted creature has flying, I believe, haste. Uh, and it gives the creature the ability, pay one generic, give it plus one plus zero. So Blossoming Tortoise reduces that cost to zero. And so it has infinite power. <laughs> yeah, you just got to enchant land, land, right? So, yeah. Yeah. You, so oh, you animate a land. Pain. Yeah, you animate a land with like a Lone Speaker or a Ren and, you know, uh, Ren and Seven. And then you, you no, slap, I, I actually slap have the card for you. On it and, 
So I was reading the commons and I actually have a card for you to look up right now called Brave the Wilds. Okay. If you look that card up, that card seems pretty strong. The only problem is you do need something to bargain, but it's one mana. You permanently turn your land into a 3-3 and then you go look for a basic land and put it in your hand. So it replaces the card you're sacrificing. So if you play a card like this early and then play like a Draconic on it. There we go. Then uh, boom. Yeah. So you can Draconic into the turtle and win on turn four. I'm if sold. they're not expecting it. No blockers. That's some kind of jank. This is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> I, I just thought of that, right? Because I was like looking at cards mm -hmm. while we were going over cards. And I was like, I read this and I was like, one mana, three, three. Oh my God, this seems pretty good. And then now that you mentioned <laughs> the turtle and the draconic, I'm like, oh wait, you can just like combo with this card. Yeah, totally. Like, we already built the deck. That's it. We found it. Yep. All right. So yeah, Grohl land combo. I didn't know that was on the, on the docket, Solberg, right? but here we are. We played, uh, if we can get them into here too, absolutely. We can go teamer yeah. with it. I see no problem with this. All right. Love it. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, dude. And that, I love the set already. The design on this set allows, like, we're, we're three cards in, and these are the kind of conversations yeah. we're having. The, the design in this set is, I believe, the appropriate mixture of power and, like, creativity. Like, there's a weird... They're playing in new spaces here, and it's it's showing, and it's going to be fun to roll our sleeves up and really dive in and mm -hmm. play with our new toys. All right, so the next one that I want to touch on, it's funny, this is actually, okay, so here we have a new toy. Looks kind of like an old toy, but it's got a fresh coat of paint on it. This is Virtue of Knowledge. So this is an adventure enchantment. So the permanent on the adventure is an enchantment. The spell is an instant called Vantress Visions. It is, uh, yeah, instant for one and a blue. Copy target activated or triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then the enchantment itself is for four into blue. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Good old Panharmonicon. Right. So how do you guys feel about this one? I think it's going to end up being uh, probably a staple almost in Commander, right? Whatever decks already played Panharmonicon that are blue-based. Much. are going to want to play this card uh it's an it's a hard card to evaluate for actual constructed like standard mm -hmm. mostly because we don't really get to see these stifle effects really get played as much in all honesty and you using the other side for panharmonicon means that you're going to have to build your deck around a heavy comes into play effect mm -hmm. so this card's definitely going to depend on the creatures that have comes into play effects cards like uh the werewolf uh, can't names escapes me, but the three mana werewolf that comes in and exiles a creature, you can get double triggers. Um, there's also a card in this set that's a fox uh, mm -hmm. that yep. can potentially yeah, the... get the double triggers as well. Brutal Cathar, uh, yeah, Brutal Cathar, yeah, 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 yeah. Brutal Cathar. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Brutal Cathar. There's so many good creatures. Uh, the turtle, you can play this with the turtle we just talked about <laughs> sure, and get double absolutely. triggers and get two lands from your favorite back into play. Um, I think that. It's it's a really powerful card. Obviously, it's mythic for a reason. They must have believed mm -hmm. that this card was incredibly powerful in either the limited format or in constructed. So I, I, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Normally, I am one to just kind of write these cards off for jank. But in today's mm -hmm. Magic, where games are mid-range based and you can kind of snowball the game, and then you mm -hmm. play like a game-breaking card like this, and then you, you definitely start to get carried away with the game, I actually think that this is going to be a powerful card. Like, imagine you counter their Atraxa, and then you play this, and then you play your Atraxa, and then you get double the triggers. 
or you play an Atali and then you get double the triggers. Like, I really think that this is going to potentially be a game breaking card. Uh, I'm just not really sure, mostly because of the five mana for a quote unquote do nothing enchantment. Yeah. Well, you know, you mean I can pay two mana to copy my Atali trigger? Um, You know, that sounds great to me. But, um, you know, if you take a look at this card at face value, right? And I think the true is it's true for most of the virtue cards that we've seen spoiled so far. Um, the first spell isn't that bad. Um, so if you take a look at this as a two mana instant copy, a triggered ability that you have, um, I mean, I think that the, you know, we're, we're going to get into a spot where like the, the green white enchantment deck is already very powerful right by itself this gets you an additional if if you played four of this card in your deck an additional four cards that can copy an ability of one of your enchantments right um because you have weaver of harmony on two then you have this so copying calyx triggers to copy enchantments seem great Virtue itself, when it's on the battlefield, will copy Calyx, will copy Spirited Companion, um, additional copy effects for your Hallowed Haunting triggers, uh, which is already insane. So it lets that sort of deck go a little wider, where typically that that deck is very fast. Um, it can kill you, like, on turn four, right? Or turn five in standard, mm-hmm. if it has, like, that bomb hand. But some of the more go-wide decks, I mean... Hollywood in the last pizza box top eight, they didn't even play Calyx in their enchantment deck, mm-hmm. right? They Hella went haunting wide. Was the card. Yeah, that was yeah. a hella haunting, and this is going to be scary, right? Yeah, it really so... does give that deck more power, and they're going to want to play counter spells. And you're actually like 100% right. Like, if we're going to be going to the enchantment theme, then the number one deck that in standard that benefits is going to be the enchantment deck. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if it's going to be worth it to delve into blue to make the mana base a little bit worse. I mean, the mana base in the enchantment deck is is good. Um, and since the Innistrad lands don't rotate out in the standard, I mean, I'm slamming four Deserted Beach, um, maybe some Seachrome Coasts and some a darker Wastes. Sparrows, um, you got the Cycle you know, Land as well. Yeah, so if you're going wider, I mean, it, it's there. We have the best mana possible. Um, you know, it might be worth it to, to brew with maybe two copies of this card in your deck. You know, you got to play four, but brew with two. And then when you get to play Hallowed Haunting on four and slam this card on five after it's, it's already been on an adventure, <sighs> sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, 100%. that could be pretty brutal. Well, yeah, you can go on the... Well, and the, the thing about Vanture's Visions, the adventure portion of it that I really want to call out, is we end up thinking in terms of ETBs because that's what the permanent cares about. But this is any activated or triggered ability. So if you have a Saga that has a particular mode on it that you want to double dip, you can do that with Vantra's Visions. So one of the first things that I think of is Cruelty of Gigs. If my graveyard is loaded because my tortoise has filled it up, um, because that's how I'm going to be doing this, of course, then if I play a Cruelty of Gigs, I'm like chapter two, right? Chapter three rolls around the following turn. My man is untapped. I'm paying two and I'm doubling that sucker and I'm grabbing two creatures out of my yard. Like... That's the kind of thing I'm going to be doing with it. I know that's just, we're just scratching the the top of the iceberg here with the amount of stuff that you can be doubling. And, you know, the the value here is very strong, Mm -hmm. I think. And so I think for me, 
if I'm evaluating this, I mean, for Commander, if my deck has blue in it and I already like Panharmonicon effects, you slam it, you don't even think twice, you just do it. Mm -hmm. um, but if for Standard, the question for me is, can I get value off of Vantress Visions? Can I, that is that two mana instant worth it? If the answer there is no, I'm probably not putting this five drop in my list. Yep. But if I can consistently find targets for that, like Leyline Binding, for example, is one that I think, I mean, for three mana, exile two things, potentially forever, like... I mean, that copies, seems pretty good to me. Copies <laughs> ossification. On turn uh, yes, four, you play ossification plus this. Boom. Four, yeah. So if you're, you're working on, by the time you have four mana, two of your opponent's scariest things are just gone forever. Like, yep. that that seems nuts, honestly. Uh, and you're right, Weaver of Harmony was already doing that. And when that w was left unchecked and was able to work, it is very powerful. So, yeah, the biggest, the biggest weakness there is the Weaver of Harmony has to stick and survive in order to fire off and do the thing. And so a lot of times that can be removed. This is, you're just, you're just casting it out of your hand. You know, so it's, you know, your opponents go for the throat or cut down isn't going to prevent this from going it's off. It's like a brand new counter spell, right? In a way, because you can essentially like copy the, you copy their Atali trigger. And what if you hit the better cards and they don't, and then now well, they lose because you got to hit them before they did and things like that. <laughs> or like you go, you know, like I said earlier, copy the attracts and now you got the counter spell and now you got this. I just, at two mana, I think you guys are right. Like, the effect on this is really powerful. Yeah. Unfortunately, it can only target stuff you control. So it's, a, you. yeah, you can't just oh, okay. steal Some your opponent. Yeah, you don't get to, like, copy and steal your opponent's stuff. Unfortunately, oh, that'd be amazing. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was but under the impression that it was everything, yeah. so I'm sorry about that, guys. No, no, you're good. New cards. It's still very cards, strong. Like, it's, it's still good. And as a result, too, this is also decent in multiples because, yeah. like, if you have a Virtue of Knowledge already on the battlefield as the enchantment and you draw another one, you might be able to just get a triple of one of your effects because, you know, you can tack on the extra one with the Vantress Vision. We can so, have like a know. blue white deck, right, with Elishnorn, where we double all oh, of our totally. triggers. Oh, let's get, let's get really silly with it. Absolutely. Cool, right? uh, there we go. Yeah. No, no, no the, the power there is real. Absolutely. All right. So the virtues are actually going to be a whole cycle. It looks like we're going to be getting one of every single color, and so that was the blue one, and I wanted to touch on the black one. Because honestly, between this and a couple of other like black reanimation cards that are in this set, I feel like Wizards got all of those letters that I thought to write, and like they did, they've made these cards for me. And yeah. Virtue of Persistence is exactly that. Um, Wizards was like, "Hey, Hamhocks, we understand that you traded away your debtors now when you were a kid, and you're really bummed about it. Don't worry, <laughs> we got you." And so, Virtue of Persistence. Um, this is an adventure as well. The adventure is Lockthwain Scorn. It is a one and a black sorcery. Target creature gets negative three, negative three, tell under turn. You gain two life. Okay, you get to kill a thing. Size limits are a thing. You gain a little bit of life. Meh. Like, it, it's removal yeah. though. It gets the job done. Maybe it's not sexy, but you can get it, it can get the job done. The part that you really like though, at least the part that I like, is the enchantment. Five black, black. At the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So, um, you know, we just got done talking about how the first side of the last enchantment is playable mm -hmm. on its own. And this is another prime example of how this one is too. Um, you know, two mana to give a creature minus three, minus three. We remember the days of last gasp, um, even though yep. that was an instant and then this is a sorcery. This still hits a lot of the things that people are going to be playing on turn two, whether that is... Tenacious Underdog, that's still in standard. Uh, Lanwar Loam Speaker, right, is a 1-3. Mm -hmm. um, 
the new mana dorks are two twos. Mm-hmm. Like this deals with all of those cards. Um, it also kills Felden uh, yep. <laughs> in mono red. It kills Swift Spear. It kills the flip uh, form of Kumano, mm-hmm. right? So it hits a lot of the the cheaper creatures that are pretty powerful early in the game. And if you can get to seven mana, uh, you have this sort of second half of Portal to Phyrexia effect. Right. Um, so to me, there's no downside of this card. It's a removal spell. And later on, it's a bomb I can play for seven mana. And, you know, right now, you know, the black decks or the green black decks you you can ramp up to seven mana quite quickly, right? By the time you invasion of Zendikar on turn three or four, you have seven mana on turn five, and here's a virtue of persistence for you um, to be able to get back the creature at least that you just killed um, mm-hmm. with the spell beforehand. So it puts you it puts you ahead, and you're probably playing other removal spells in a deck with this. Now I'm not saying this card's a four of in your deck. No. That might not make sense. If you're using it strictly as a minus three, minus three for two mana, it might be. Um, depends how the metagame sort of mm-hmm. focuses out to be um, with Wilds of Eldrain. But 100%, this card is amazing. Um, you know, I've been playing a green-black deck on the ladder myself. Um, should be in Mythic soon. I have a really good win rate with it. That does exactly what we want to be able to cast this card as a payoff. Um, so I'm excited to, to brew with this card sick yeah uh you pretty much hit the nail on the head i actually i know it's not the same card but this kind of has a little bit of like bone crusher feels where your creature has to have more than three toughness to actually be playable and standard mm-hmm. uh you're gonna see cards Possibly. like graveyard trespasser gix kind of not really still get as played as much just because this kills them it keeps it during daytime you gain life there's a lot of upside mm-hmm. and obviously like you're saying too you know the seven mana side of this card is really really powerful uh Obviously, you're going to be killing their cards. So later in the game, you're just going to take their cards from their graveyard. If it's cards like Flesh Gorgers, they only get better when they come back from the graveyard, things like that. Uh, you can take their Atraxes, the Atalis, all these cards that we've been talking about. I, I just feel like this is, you know, a really powerful card. You're going to probably see it in standard at some point, whether it's going to be one, two, three, maybe even the full playset because of the fact that it is a cheap removal spell and it gains life. Like if, if Red Deck's a thing, then this card, you know, it's a great card against it. Uh, if mono white's also a problem, another great card against it. Uh, obviously, you know if the format's a little bit more control, then you're probably not going to play this card because it's seven mana. It's not really a bomb in the control mirror. But no. at the end of the day, I think that in these mid range formats that we've seen a lot in standard recently, I think that this is going to end up being a big player, uh, even more so than a Frexian portal like you're saying, which is funny because uh, for the mana, if we're paying outright nine mana, we would definitely want the portal. Sure, uh, yeah. but for nine mana here, played in turn two and then turn seven, we're really really happy with this card because as we've taken control of the game, turn the corner, we play it for seven, we start to take creatures every turn, and by the time we take our first creature, we're going to be untapped. So, you know, you're probably just going to win the game from that point. And you know, this is a really really powerful card. We've seen that seven mana reanimation targets, uh, reanimation spells get played in standard. So, I don't really see this card being any different. Uh, if not getting played more because of that two mana side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, that being said, we do have a lot of graveyard interaction in standard currently, Very right? True. Between graveyard trespasser, Urborg scavengers, um, lion sash doesn't Scrap rotate Gorger. out. Yeah. Right? Yep. Scrap gorger. 
Hearst um, which is probably going to be every played deck the same deck right? for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I think about this, um, you know, Soul Guide Lantern got previewed um, as being in Wilds of Eldraine, and that is a prime graveyard shenanigans uh, messer upper. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, it's possible that the latter half of this card is not as good as we think it is with the amount of graveyard interaction there is. Unlicensed Hearst doesn't rotate out either, and that's a card mm-hmm. anybody can play. Um, so, you know, something you'll probably hear us talk about from time to time is could this have been a better card if standard rotated like it was supposed to? And I think this card is also a prime example of that, right? It won't be able to shine because we don't have the cards rotate. Yeah, Um, potentially. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, like so many graveyard strategies, this is in that weird zone where if it becomes popular, the cards that can shut it down will become popular and then it will stop being popular. So we might have one of those situations where like week after week, you never know, okay, is the reanimator deck, you know, going to be a thing? I I was, I find that interesting. I mean, we see that with dredge in older formats all the time, right? Where like it just comes in and out of favor and when it's in favor, people pack the graveyard hate and it just, it is what it is. So anyway. But yeah, no, I, I think this is fun. And you're exactly right. It works well early and it gives you the option of a bomb late, which honestly, this is what adventures ought to look like, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, this is adventures done right. And we get a whole cycle of them, which is fun. Yeah. All right. So next up, I want to talk about a card. I love the fact that this exists just because of the name it has. It also carries with it a, um, a mechanic that I really adore as well, as well as a new mechanic. So we got a lot to talk about here. And the card I'm talking about... Um, and yes, this is its actual name, Asinine Antics. This is a sorcery for two blue-blue, and it says, you may cast Asinine Antics as though it had flash if you pay two more to cast it. I adore that effect. That is an older mm-hmm. effect um, that they are apparently willing to bring back, and that makes me really happy, because mm-hmm. the idea of, yeah, this card is okay at sorcery speed for four, but it's also available at, at instant speed for six. It's like, okay. Fun fact, it is still a sorcery. It does not become an instant. It is a sorcery right. that is cast at instant speed, which is, it's a whole thing. Actually, I heard in an interview once, Mark Rosewater said that if he were to design magic today, like if they were starting from the ground up, instant wouldn't be a card type. And there would be sorceries that had flash. Uh, and it's wow. just like, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty elegant. That would make a lot of sense. Cats out of the bag now. We have them. Well, like, we have what we have, and that'd be putting toothpaste back in the tube. But... Anyway, but anyway, so here we have an instant, uh, and we have a sorcery that you can cast at instant speed. Okay, but what the heck does it do? For each creature your opponents control, create a cursed roll token attached to that creature. Now, here we have our first instance of rolls. We've talked about them a little bit. What rolls are, um, it, it sounds complicated because they have, you know, dedicated keywords for them, but in reality, what you're doing is fairly straightforward. You're creating a token that is an aura. Mm -hmm. And those auras have different effects. In the case of Cursed, the Cursed aura uh, is an aura that says Enchanted Creature has base power and toughness 1-1. And so you're turning the Enchanted Creature into a 1-1. So you're stripping its power and toughness. Now, if it's like equipped or it has counters, I believe those still apply. So that's a thing. Because I believe mm-hmm. it's just the base power that we're modifying at this point. Yep. And uh, so that's the thing. And it doesn't strip abilities. Like, this isn't witness protection, you know, which is very notable. So so with Acidine Antics here, we have a sorcery for four that basically it enchants every creature that your opponents control. 
with this curse that turns him down to a 1-1 is basically how it how it works that's the idea anyway and it depicts the artwork depicts a blue fairy turning boys into donkeys which is a weird uh twist on the pinocchio story but uh-huh and ass in nine antics i see what you did there wizards very nice um yeah so how do you guys feel about this card like uh, do you think it's playable what are you, what are your thoughts I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how playable I think it is. Um, for the fact that it doesn't witness protection, the creatures, mm-hmm. I think it would be much better if it did. Um, I don't know that it would be broken, but um, it definitely would give like the non-white blue decks mm-hmm. a pseudo wrath, um, which this card does not do. Um, you know, it would be great if I could turn. Shieldred into a 1-1 with no abilities mm-hmm. uh, for 6 mana at flash. Um, but I can't. I could just make it a 1-1 that still has Death Touch. Um, you know, I don't know how much of an effect it would have out there um, if that's the case. And and for 4 mana at sorcery speed, if mm-hmm. you had a bunch of creatures with trample and you wanted to get over with damage and kill your opponent that way, might be okay. But I think just playing general pump spells on trample creatures is better um, than Probably. this. Yeah. So I don't know how good it is. It might be really, really good for a limited um, to give you know your opponent's bombs 1-1 um, mm-hmm. rather than be like 5-6 or whatever some of those uncommons might be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not impressed, but I always eat my words. So <laughs> I'm interested in other thoughts. Yeah. Like overall, uh, six man is a lot and you're right. It doesn't board wipe. Uh, what I find interesting though, is as you know, essentially put a lot of enchantments on the battlefield at once. So mm-hmm. that could potentially be like a strategy where you want all those effects uh, I'm not really sure, though. Once again, it's mythic. So if it's mythic, there's got to be a reason it's mythic. It's got to be powerful somewhere. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just powerful in EDH, but I agree with Carlo. At the end of the day, for standard, for four mana sorcery, I just don't think that this card's really going to cut it in yeah. any deck you know, that exists or even make a new deck. You, you could play it in an Is It Spells type of a deck with End the Festivities, and I can pay four mana to make your boards 1-1 and then cast End the Festivities and wipe the board for five i don't know how relevant that would be uh for standard because i could do a lot of other power things on turn five like cast sunfall um (laughs) or burn down the house which is five to each creature Uh, that's not rotating either Mm -hmm. so temporary lockdowns a better board wipe at a cheaper mana i think that this is just it's really cool card it does something really cool and i think there's a chance that it could be actually be really powerful uh, I think it's just going to depend what the standard format looks at for that to happen. And right yeah. now we just don't really see it happening. Absolutely. We, we see a lot of effects like this where blue has these like pseudo board wipes. Like this kind of gives me um, phasing of Zalfir vibes mm-hmm. yep. where that was a card where we looked at it. And I remember a whole bunch of people. I mean, I remember there being some discourse when that card got spoiled. Mono blue has a board wipe now. And it's like, not no like it really doesn't like the whole purpose of a board wipe is that it cleans the board like it leaves everything behind phasing of zalfir left behind two two phyrexians for every creature destroyed so yeah it's a downgrade but those can still kill you you know and acid antics is kind of similar 
where it's like you still maintain all your abilities like your shield red is still punishing me for drawing cards and it still has death touch sure it's not a four or five anymore like it's a meaningful downgrade but you know is that gonna is this really gonna get me closer to winning the game in that scenario probably not and so yeah carlo i'm kind of agree like if you were doing some kind of so it's funny the first thing i thought of was that team or ramp deck we were talking about like if the, if the if that deck is trying to win of the back of like Vornclex value or something where we have these like big trampoline creatures. Well, using this as a way, maybe out of the sideboard, you know, if we're going up against like mid range yeah. decks as a way to downgrade the, the blockers and get in for the win. Okay. And then, then you have kind of this weird, like backwards overrun, which is kind of fun. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. There, there may be a place, but it's, it's narrow. It's very and I narrow. Know, and I know we're mostly like sort of talking standard for these cards, but mm. This card makes me want to play it in a format where Karavek exists that gives all other creatures minus one, minus one, or Knight of there Souls Betrayal, right? And we're talking older formats. If they mm -hmm. gave us an enchantment that gave all creatures minus one, minus one in this set alongside this, it would turn it into a board wipe. Now, at the time of this podcast, not all the cards are spoiled yet, mm -hmm. right? So, and there's not one that currently exists that does what we're, what I'm sort of talking about here. But in the older formats, it might. You know, Caravac costs four mana um, and is, what, a 3-3 three, three or something like this? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's but it's a creature, so it's not as yeah. good as an enchantment. But it does the job. Yeah. Well, and I also love the, the comment that Pizza made about how the fact that these are enchantments that are entering the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And also, you're you're the owner and controller of them, the person casting Asinine Antics. So if you have some constellation payoffs where enchantments entering the battlefield triggers stuff, that this could be like you could Feels get like a ton giant. of that i mean yeah so th there's there are angles there are synergies there are moving parts here that mm -hmm. i think we can we can find stuff to you know find angles with so i'm definitely interested in uh experimenting with this one mm -hmm. all right good stuff so next up we have we've honestly i didn't expect to but we've actually ended up teasing this one a little bit uh here we have bramble familiar this is that mana dork that we were talking about this is an elemental raccoon, which, let's be honest, is adorable. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have a creature here, as well as an adventure. The creature is pretty straightforward. I'm going to touch on that one first. Normally I do adventure first because that's the casting order. But in this case, the elemental raccoon is a 2-2 two -two for 2, 1 and a green, with the ability tap, add a green. It also has the ability pay 1 and a green, tap, discard a card, return Bramble Familiar to its owner's hand which is notable. That way the creature can hit on the battlefield, stay there, do its thing, ramp you up a little bit, and then when it's late in the game, you have plenty of mana, you can bounce it back to your hand, and you cast the adventure. Yep. The adventure being a sorcery called Fetch Quest. I love that we now have a magic card called Fetch Quest. That is such a self-aware gamer reference. I love yeah. it. So, sorcery, five green green, mill seven cards. Then put a creature, enchantment, or land card from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. Sign yeah, up. this card's uh, pretty powerful. It's a great it. card early in the game, and it's an even better card later in the game when you have enough mana to cast that, what is it, seven mana side of it? Yep. Uh, it's like a, kind of like does everything you want it to do. It also gives you like more comes into play triggers if you have cards that like to abuse that type of strategy mm -hmm. so you know obviously two mana card taps for mana that's kind of become the standard norm uh, no pun intended for standard and i think most of us expect this card to get played 
it's it's just that we haven't really seen as much as they've been pushing these two mana mana creatures we just don't really get to see them get played so it's going to be interesting to see if bramble familiar kind of breaks that mold mostly because mm -hmm. it's a useful card later in the game um and it could potentially ramp you into cards like blossom and tortoise that we've talked about mm -hmm. and some other cards that you know kind of help end the game rather quickly and give you a lot of card advantage to help get over the top and yeah later on you know seven mana you can go get a powerful enchantment creature and even if you whiff you just hit a land so yeah. it's not the worst thing um obviously this card gets better with cards like breach of multiverse cruelty of gigs it's it's a really interesting card and yeah it there's so many seven mana go over the top cards that it's kind of hard to figure out which one of them you want to play that's fair yeah the one thing about this well, there are a lot of things that I that I see about it. The question of if it's going to see playing standard, I think really comes down to one very simple question. Can green be played in standard? That I mean, that's something that we've been wrestling with for a while. I feel like green right now, it's funny, like I play a lot of, I, I play against a lot of people on arena in like one-to-one -one challenges, like, you know, friendly challenges um, that are where we intentionally bring kind of lower power or kind of janky brews. And green is very very popular in that kind of an environment where we're not on the ladder and it's not, you know, money's not on the line. And man, the green cards that are in standard right now, if they don't go up against hyper-fast removal, they are incredibly yeah. powerful. And yeah. you can get some huge stuff going. It's just, the removal is all so efficient and so ubiquitous that any kind of creature-based strategy that like depends on creatures in order to progress mm -hmm. the way green does, just doesn't work and as long as that's the case i don't think bramble familiar is going to see play which is a shame but it just is what it is um yeah yeah but i if, think it, if it does oh, i don't know but if anything if green can see play i believe this could be a piece of that deck and it could be very cool yeah i i mean i really like this card as a mana dork i think it's one of the better mana dorks that they've printed in some some, some time in a standard um it also makes me sad that standard doesn't rotate how it's supposed mm -hmm. to, because I think if it did, this card would be much more playable. Um, you know, cut down, for example, will still exist in the format. This card is very, very weak to that. Granted in Eldraine, there are some commons or uncommon black removal spells that also do give minus minus. Uh, so this would be generally weak to that card, but they, that costs more than one mana typically to cast. Um, I I envision playing this in a deck that you can also play, you know, Invasion of Zendikar on turn three, and then you can play Tyrannix Rex on turn four, and I'm having a good time. You could play Vorinclex, because this card actually more reminds me of Vorinclex, mm -hmm. because when you flip that card, you mill 10, put two creatures on the battlefield, yeah. right? Um, so this lets you have a sort of out before you do that. So if I, if I play this on turn two into a, um, I don't know, invasion of Zendikar and do some foreign collect shenanigans, I can then bounce this to my hand, cast it for seven, get a creature off the top and we're having a good time too. That creature also might be by Tyrannix Rex. So, you know, it can get powerful cards and, you know, you play this in the Atraxa deck, right? Because I mean, it ramps you into your turn four Zendikar, 
uh, Invasion of Zendikar. So you play this on turn two, then turn three, you Zendikar, then turn four, you can Atraxa. And then later on, if your Atraxa dies, you can pay seven mana to actually dig for it and put it into play, either that or Natali. I, I think that in those decks, I'm not necessarily sure if this is the card that they wanted, but it does make those decks a little bit more consistent, maybe, just because you're able to really get to that mana. Maybe. And but that brings it to the point of standards not rotating and we still get to play with Topiary Stomper for another mm-hmm. year. You know what I mean? And Topiary Stomper doesn't really have any downside other than that it can't block, but on turn four it can. It can attack mm-hmm. and block on turn four with invasion of Zendikar. It's just weak to Liliana the Veil. Um right. in in that particular matchup, right? A Liliana deck or whatever against an Atraxa deck. So, unfortunately, I think this is a card that's not going to shine as well as it would have if rotation happened. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me kind of sad, because I like to play elemental raccoons. I know, right? It's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I love about the fetch quest is that you can grab enchantments uh, from the graveyard, which makes those virtues even better. Because, like, that seven mana virtue we were looking at, or the, the black virtue, we were looking at the main benefit of it being that removal spell. Well, that's a removal spell in your deck. As far as your deck building is concerned, that's in my removal spell. But if you happen to hit it off Bramble Familiar and you don't have another option, well, that's a fine target that is now a big, dumb enchantment that you have on your battlefield. Like, you can do worse than that. Yeah. And that, that flexibility on your cards is nice. You can also use this card uh, with that second ability to dodge removal. I think one of the main Very things true. that makes these mana creatures a bit weak is that they all die to, like, cut down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is a lot better. Obviously, you play it and then they cut down, it's rough. But if you play it past, things like that, then you can essentially bring it back to your hand and use this effect later and as the game progresses this card only gets better you can't really say that about most mana dorks quote unquote so uh, gonna be really interesting to actually see if it gets played so next up we have where fox bodyguard we're going from an elemental raccoon to an elf fox knight actually i just realized that elf was in there that's kind of wild so where fox bodyguard is a 2-2 with flash for one white white when Werefox Bodyguard enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target non-fox creature until Werewolf Bodyguard leaves the battlefield. And you can also pay one in a white, sacrifice Werefox Bodyguard, you gain two life. So here we go. This card kind of does a little bit of everything. It exiles the creature, uh, gains you life later, and yeah, I mean, what's actually interesting with this card is that I believe the way it's worded, you can target your own things. Mm-hmm. So you can actually set it up to where you protect one of your cards with this, and then mm-hmm. later on you can sacrifice it to gain some life. Maybe when you don't have two two bodies and going to trade or anything like that, or maybe you just use the two two body to trade. But I think it's really interesting. Obviously, you can't exile other were foxes with it, which kind of is going to end up being a downside with this card. But uh, main thing that essentially a theme that we've talked about in the spoiler podcast is that cards aren't rotating, and Burukatar mentioned earlier in the cast is a similar effect Mm -hmm. the main difference is this card calls double white and it also has flash uh now i think the flash is very powerful obviously cards like wandering emperor Mm -hmm. uh, exists in the standard format mostly because it's a card that comes down to instant speed Mm -hmm. and i think that where fox bodyguard probably fits in the same route where you're gonna Mm -hmm. sacrifice a little bit of what you would think would be mana, but we all know mana's perfect and standard, so it doesn't matter that this card costs double white. You're just going to play your Trium on turn one and then curve out with your Innistrad land, and you're just going to play this, exile your opponent's creature at instant speed, get to untap and do a bunch of ridiculous things. 
And yeah, this card just gets better. Obviously, if you exile tokens, you can just sacrifice every two mana later with no real downside. Of, you know, if it's not comparable to what's on the battlefield. So I think overall, this is going to be a card that we're going to see a lot of. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. You know, Brutal Cathar being in the format with it definitely makes potentially a difference. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I really like being able to target my own stuff with this. Mm-hmm. Br- big One big difference because of no rotation is the relevant creature type of soldier on Brutal Cathar. Um, you know, the soldier deck for quite some time was the top played deck in best of one standard on Arena. Um, so you know, you would be missing that sort of extra pump. This card is also gains life if you need it against mono mm-hmm. red, which is pretty huge. Um, if you need to sacrifice it. Also, you know, this hitting a token is free, and then it's also a free gain life afterwards. So is that worth the trade-off of the transforming capability of the Cathar as a 3-3 first strike? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think that those cards are relevant for different decks. You could play this in a blue-white flash deck and you can't really on Cathar. Mm-hmm. Or it enables you to free up some other sideboard slots in best of three to not have to bring in additional like creature removal, if that if that makes sense. Um, I think this so I is think... like a, almost better than Cathar, only because when it does go to nighttime, Cathar is not a removal spell anymore. Whereas you yeah. don't have to worry about it with this card. This card's always going to exile something. True. The the bonus with the Cathar though is, I mean, when it is nighttime, you have the the larger first strike, which is relevant. And then if it flips back to daytime, then you have the you get to hit another you know, creature. Yeah, you get another one. So the, I mean, the the dream with the Cathar is that it flips from day to night multiple times and you just eat their whole board. I mean, mm-hmm. how often does that happen? Not very. And for every time that does happen, you have that moment where. The Cathar you played three turns ago that's no longer on the battlefield mm-hmm. established the day-night cycle, and it's currently nighttime, and you need to remove their thing, and you play out the Brutal Cathar, and it does nothing. Yeah. So, and we've all seen that happen, and you're right. Th- that is not an issue with the Werefox Bodyguard. It now, just doesn't occur at all. You know, like, taking a look at this card from a limited perspective, um, to Hollywood's point, you might be in heist to play this on your own creature if your opponent is putting a roll on your creatures mm-hmm. um that way you can get the negative thing off right so it, that way it doesn't have the one that makes a one one anymore you blink it out you got the bodyguard you sack it gain two life and get your creature right back into play yep. um you know and it's it's pretty solid creature removal without any like exorbitant stat on it to make it unfair um and yeah i think Again, you can likely play this card alongside Wandering Emperor since it doesn't rotate, right? Yep. Turn three, fo- Bodyguard, and turn four, Wandering Emperor. We're exiling all of your creatures, and we still get to play cards like Sunfall and Farewell and, you know, on and on and on with the white removal mm-hmm. spells that exist in the standard format. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, and that actually, the second mode, or that last, sorry, the last ability, the third ability on Werefox Bodyguard is excellent. Because it gives you control over whether or not the Werefox is on the battlefield or whatever it exiled. So one of the big downsides of these kind of removal spells, especially with Brutal Cathar, is if you Cathar one of your opponent's creatures, all right, that you've now tucked it away, you're applying pressure, you're doing the thing. If they hit a sweeper, your board gets blown out, including the Brutal Cathar, and then they get their thing back, whatever it may be, unless it was a token, of course. 
with Rare Fox Bodyguard, if your opponent hits a sweeper, if you have two mana open, you can sack the Bodyguard in response. Lose the Bodyguard, gain two life, they get their thing back, then the sweeper resolves. You know, so you kind of mitigate that, that downside. Flip side, if your opponent plays a sweeper, you can cast the Rare Fox Bodyguard, exile your best thing, and then the Rare Fox Bodyguard takes the hit you know and then right. the other creature comes back so it by you know flavorfully can protect your best creature you know honestly i think the amount of play that this card has the amount of back and forth it can generate is insane <clears throat> and it's funny we're comparing it to brutal cathar because that is a recent example this also really reminds me of sigrid the god favorite from call time who was a 2-2 first striking warrior for one white white with flash that could exile an attacking or blocking creature. Uh, yeah. She also had protection from gods, which came up every now and then when you're going up against Heliod, and that was just delightful. But um, yeah, so in general, this kind of reminds me of that, except you have way more flexibility because the target, you're not locked to using it in combat. So I think that's wonderful. Uh, honestly, I think Werefox Bodyguard is just a really freaking good card. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just yeah, it, this thing is really solid. Yeah, I expect so, to see this card quite a lot in standard, 100%. honestly, and, for the next three years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this, and we're not even talking sideboard. This is a main deck card, in my opinion, because the amount of flexibility mm -hmm. it has. Like, it's decent against control. If you have, you know, if you're in a mid-range strategy where you have other creatures, it's good against control. It's really solid against aggro, like we've been talking about. Um, even in dedicated aggro lists, you can run it alongside Brutal Cathar, so your opponent just isn't allowed to have creatures. Meanwhile, you're just casually beating them to death with your own. I mean, you can do some really silly stuff with this. So, Do you guys know if this is a permanent exile spell at 5 mana? Can you play this with the trigger on the stack and sack it like the old Oblivion Ring trick? No. no. Fortunately the way it's not. worded, right? No, because it's worded okay. as you exile the creature until this leaves the battlefield. Yeah. Because of that wording, the... Enter the battlefield trigger does check to make sure that the bodyguard is still on the field when it is finished resolving. So if they kill it, you know, if they kill it before or if you sacrifice it before that resolves, it just never leaves. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't, wasn't sure because yeah. I was like, man, at five mana, maybe this card is just five <laughs> mana exile a creature gain through life. That's yeah, still I think pretty they, good. Yeah, that'd be, that, that would actually be kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> now, the other thing that I really want to call out is the fact that you can, you can target non-fox creatures. I think that was very intentional. I don't know if you guys have ever been stuck in a Cathar off where both players have Brutal Cathars in multiples. Yep. That gets ridiculous really fast. Where it's like, mm -hmm. all right, I play Brutal Cathar, exile your thing. Okay, cool. I'm going to play Brutal Cathar, exile your Brutal Cathar. All right, then I'm going to exile your Brutal Cathar, which brings me back my Brutal Cathar, which exiles your Brutal Cathar. Like, it gets out of hand and absolutely silly. And they apparently just didn't want that to be a thing with this card. So it's like, uh, you just can't touch foxes. Like, Are there any played fox is the restoration of a ganjo is that a fox i know white yeah. paws is it right? is yeah the katuna <laughs> are foxes that's amazing so you can't right. exile white paws you can't exile the saga if this becomes um, premium removal for the white decks does light paws become playable because it's immune to this <laughs> another reason standard should have just rotated and we're also getting, yeah, you sure. know, new aura support with the rolls and whatnot. So who knows? Maybe Light Paws has a chance. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Jesus. <laughs> it can also mean that if we see cards like Shape Changeling again, Shape Shifters, mm -hmm. that yep. this card's going to have a hard time existing because it won't be able yeah. to target those cards. And people will forget about that. People people are going to forget about that and they're going to play it and go, wait, why can't I? Huh? Yeah, that's that yeah. 100% going to happen. Can't target Mutavault with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I, yeah. I'm going to make a fool of myself on stream about that. hundred percent. Yeah. No question. Yeah. 
Good stuff. I, I no, think no, it's going to come up more than we think, but yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. No question. All right. So next up, another going from one uh, interesting animal to another, we have the Goose Mother. This is a legendary bird hydra, 2-2 for X green blue with flying, naturally. The Goose Mother enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. When the Goose Mother enters the battlefield, create half X food tokens rounded up. Whenever the Goose Mother attacks, you may sacrifice a food if you do draw a card. Yeah, this card has a lot of text, kind of a little bit of a, obviously, magic players, we always compare cards. Sure. Uh, Hydroid Crisis, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's How do we feel about it? Do we, do we think that it's it is Hydroid Crisis, or no. do we think that it's just like a pretty medium threat? I mean, I would agree to say that it's pretty medium threat. Um, the card, you know, in limited, we were talking about with parallel mm-hmm. lives and making double tokens and stuff like this, right? Um, which it totally can do, and there's no way you lose the game because uh, you just have too much life to gain back. Um, I think the card is still really sweet for the ramp decks. Um, you know, if you can cast this card on X equals four, right? It enters mm-hmm. as a six, six flyer that gets you two foods, which gets you six life. And you can sack these foods to draw for cards. So it's relevant. Um, that being said, though, I don't know if that's better than just casting, like, Tyrannix Rex on 7 and threatening your opponent's life total or poison. Um, but it's certainly a big honk, no pun intended, of a flyer um, that is definitely going to represent a threat um, that does die to many different removal spells. But it's a always the X spells are great follow-ups to Wraths, right? Like, mm. if your opponent is playing a white base deck and is playing Depopulate or sunfall or farewell like this is a great follow-up to all of those things um saying okay well i'm gonna put three to four uh food tokens in play gain some life deal with this flyer if you don't great um i'm gonna attack um it also notably you know blocks atraxa when it's high enough on x right um yeah so think about that you'll trade with atraxa sure um it having base 2 2 also is kind of relevant. You could just play That's this massive, right? as a 2 2 flyer for green yeah. blue. Um, or if so you I'm like. I'm enjoying that. Or if three you mana freeze, 3 3, right? If you like cascade into it or get like an Atali trigger where it like free casts, a lot right? of the times with Hydras, you end up like you get zero, nothing. Yeah. Or you get like a 0 1 that does nothing when it enters. In this case, you get a 2 2 flyer, which great. Sure, that, that if you have a food lying around could turn it into card draw. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, it's not phenomenal. Like, I would definitely consider that a miss on a card like Atali, but you get something. Yep. <laughs> like, so that's that's nice. That's that's meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a card that scales with the game. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the best part about it. Uh, it's been a while since we've probably seen like an X calls creature since like what Stone Coil since last Eldrain. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's like going to be interesting to see if this card gets played. Right, yeah. there wasn't another X creature. I don't Zendikar think Zendikar had the. Or was it Zendikar or the corset that had the was a uh, Wildwood Scourge or whatever that was called? Didn't really see a lot of play, but it mm. was. It had an or no, that one. It was a it, that was a counter thing, but I think it was cost three. Never mind. Okay. Was there a good X spell? I mean, AFR had the Ochre Jelly. 
That thing oh, was over. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of. I, I mean, yeah. Stone Cold Server was like probably the last really good one that we saw. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I think the main problem with this one is that it's not drawing multiple cards. You kind of have to work for the cards. Yeah, one yeah. extra card is nice, but the fact that it has a survive. Um, I think that we're going to mostly see this card either get played at the two mana or three mana and then maybe go into some other food payoffs. But so far with all the cards that we've seen spoiled, we haven't really seen any crazy over the top food cards. This is probably one of the better ones, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. not even really like it's not even really like that crazy. I yeah, I want it to be better. And it's a Hydra and it's cool. I. I think maybe this just gets played in people's hider decks or it goes into their food <laughs> decks, but for yeah. standard, I don't really think that this card is going to get played. Yeah, from a limited perspective, this is a bomb. Oh, 100%. Right? I, I want to open this card in every sealed pool that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's 100% worth it. It's going to be a fly that's hard to deal with. Um, on top of that, you know, creating the food in limited um, mm -hmm. for the things that require you to sack foods to do X is great. Um, it helps... If you have a lot of bargain cards, uh, giving you those foods to sacrifice for, which you're making the bombs bombier. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, look, looks good to me. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And yeah, I feel like as far as standard viability, yeah, no, in limited, like I'm picking this, like this is the one where even if it's not in my colors or if it's only in one of my colors, if it shows up in pack three, I am seriously considering it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I want to do what I can to get this because this the yep. size of this flyer can be a game changer on its own in a limited environment. As far as standard goes, I'm kind of agree. Kind of my thought on it is if a food deck exists, if there are other components of a food deck, then sure, I'll put this in it and be pretty happy to see it. If, uh, but this is not, I don't, I don't feel compelled to build a deck around the Goose Mother. I need to see more in order to really believe that that, that deck exists. But if it does, this could be, could be a strong part of it. Um, yeah, Legendary it. just hurts. Like, the fact in that standard it's legendary it does. means in, that, yeah, it's just yeah. like, you're not going to have multiples of it on the battlefield. But, mm -hmm. of course, as the game goes on, it gets better. Uh, I'm more interested in wondering... I've been wondering if food cards coming back in and more of them being printed means that food is actually more playable in like Pioneer or other formats where you still have the Goose, uh, Wicked Wolf, Troll, and you get a card like this. And this card does a lot. It gives you a ton of food, kind of gives you what you want. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, draws cards. So it's, yeah. it's a really cool card. We all love it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it yeah. ends up sliding in and what formats and what decks. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of awesome food, and payoffs for food. The next card that we talk that, that we're going to talk about is in that same vein. And honestly, um, if you're a fan of Throne of Eldraine or even just the trailer for Throne of Eldraine, you will be happy that this card exists. It is Sir Ginger the Meal Ender. I adore this card. I also just adore the name. The idea, because dessert is usually served at the end of a meal, and this cookie is also going to kill you. So it's just, I don't know, it's so perfect. Yeah. This meal is going to come to an end one way or the other. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. So Search Ginger the Meal Ender is a 3-1 for two colorless. Uh, Search Ginger the Meal Ender has trample, hexproof, and haste, as long as an opponent controls a planeswalker. Whenever another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Sir Ginger and scry one. Then you can pay two, tap, sacrifice Sir Ginger. You gain life equal to its power. So it's food. 
in that you can eat it if you have to gain some life. Yep. But the other text on this card, I think, is just phenomenal, if I'm honest. I mean, it, it's whenever another artifact you control is put into a graveyard. It doesn't say non-token. Additionally, you put a Blessed Counter, Surge Ginger, and Scry 1. At no point does it say that it only triggers once per turn. So... With treasure tokens, with other food tokens, with, you know, blood tokens that are lying around, the amount of, and we're we were talking about the Oni called Anvil decks earlier, those things are sacrificing artifacts all over the place and just getting absolutely crazy. Well, as those loops are happening, Sir Ginger is just growing. It's, I, I mean, yeah. for two mana, what more do you want? This thing looks insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Not only does it look like a very angry gingerbread person who's angry with Garrick the Huntsman and is like yeah. trying to find a way uh, to slice his throat, um, mm -hmm. you know, it. This brings me to thinking about um, the two mana card from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Um, Patch, no automaton oh, okay. that gets plus one plus one counter every mm -hmm. time an artifact ETBs. Uh, it's when you um, cast an artifact spell, I believe. But yes, when you the, cast uh, the an artifact spell, yes. The Petrog Automaton, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, oh, to me, right. these cards fit in the same deck. Um, and you have cards from March of the Machine, like Botanical Brawler, that put mm -hmm. extra plus and plus and counters on things. Um, that then puts plus and plus and counters on this. We got the Ozolith in green that adds additional plus and plus one counters. And I'm sorry, if my opponent controls an a planeswalker my card has trample and haste and 15 other abilities <laughs> um and let's also talk Expert. about how sir ginger is very good against liliana of the veil uh, because if my opponent goes and, and kills my creature i'm slamming this down for two and killing liliana mm -hmm. like goodbye um so i i really enjoy the design of this card i'm interested to see um how you can break it i'm glad that it's legendary because multiple of this card's not nice um but hey we still have you know radadrabic um floating around in standard uh that we can do some silly <laughs> things with sir ginger yes. and uh we can make non-legendary copies we can play mirror box because that doesn't rotate all, out all but i can go on and on with the jank. oh my goodness yeah yeah this card's awesome i actually think it being legendary is like almost good because you can use extra copies to fuel itself and oh, wow, I, yeah. I think this card goes into a lot of different decks. In all honesty, I mean, two mana, three ones, good on rate. And if you just incidentally make blood tokens, treasure tokens, everything you're talking about, then yeah, this card's like pretty nuts. And the fact mm -hmm. that obviously you can gain a lot of life uh, means that in those long grindy games, you're going to be able to stay ahead and not have to worry about dying so quickly. I think though, um, I... It's hard to evaluate whether or not we are going to see it a lot more beyond like the artifact based decks. We've talked a little bit about those mm -hmm. decks like Oni Cult Anvil and, you know, all these other strategies. And mm -hmm. sure. like, just up front, the card is really powerful. I mean, we love on rate cards. It, this card has two par you know, two sentences, like a paragraph of text, <laughs> pretty much. And yeah, I mean, what's not to like about that flavor? Uh, I'm going to be playing this with like Hardened Scales and Ozolith probably to essentially see how big we can get it and then you know put the counters on ozolith replay another one and then so on and so forth and if there's a way to maybe even chain some ways to sacrifice um i you know what i actually think is that this card's really good in cat oven 
I actually think that this card could potentially sure. push Cat Oven a little bit more up the tier just because oh my goodness, uh, yes. you play it, you play your cat, you sack your, your thing, it gets a counter, you get to scry, and then later on you gain some life if you're like too far behind and the cat blocking isn't doing enough. And right. then you can essentially drain your opponent out by hitting the cards you need to hit, Mayhem Devil, things like that. You wipe their board, your Seer Ginger gets bigger, and then the game's like over. I, I actually think that there's a lot of cards that I always think red black can get played and in all honesty i think this is this is close right like this has to be one of those cards that really really pushes that deck to like tier one and like pioneer i think you might yeah. be right yeah we saw the obnixilus captive kingpin in a role that was similar to this where like it grew a little bit with each ping as the cat oven loop went but that cost four mana it flew as well which is notable to be fair but andrew yeah. cards so, I mean, okay, we're di we're talking different power levels, but we're also comparing four mana to two mana. And mm -hmm. so if you want just something that can deliver a, a significant amount of extra damage because you're doing the thing you were going to do anyway, Sir Ginger could absolutely get established early and be yet another threat your opponent has to worry about. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, like at it. home, right? Yeah. Well, and then they use the Fatal Push on this, and then you drop the Mayhem Double, and they're sad because they don't have the Fatal Push anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got to deal with this card. If they don't deal with this card, this card's just going to kill them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And you, you mentioned Hardened Scales, and Hardened Scales is on the uh, Enchanted Tales sheet, mm -hmm. right? So we can do some nonsense and limit it if we really want. Uh, but yeah, 100%. Jam this in Explorer now mm -hmm. uh, with Hardened Scales plus Ozolith and brawlers and conclave mentors and all of that fun stuff um where we Wine have constrictors mana. oh don't even go. mention that name yeah. um <laughs> <back> <laughs> let's go yeah yeah honestly even in even without these synergies though like obviously in, in decks that have these kind of synergies absolutely like get after it and have fun but even without these synergies, even in standard, I do think this card belongs in sideboards. I do think mm -hmm. there are some matchups where having a Planeswalker Sniper is really yeah. valuable, and this gives you that. I know that in some of my brews that I was setting up for best of three, I did put Reckless Stormseeker in my sideboards to fill yeah. that role, where the entire point was, I know you were going to drop a Liliana or a Wandering Emperor, make me sad, I need a hasty threat that can just crack back and take that thing off the field, yep. you know, and establish a new threat. Well, Sir Ginger is designed to do that, and it's only two mana, and it can fit in any, in any color. So, I mean, it's kind of... It, it does that role beautifully, mm -hmm. like, better than anything I've seen yet. Um, and so... I'm going to be running it in that capacity probably to some extent because we know yeah. like Esper Walker controlled decks aren't going anywhere. You know, they're they're still really popular and they get a couple of new toys. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think this card is actually, um, it looks cute and it looks meme -y, but I actually think this card is legit and mm -hmm. we're going to probably see in a lot of different strategies. And I did you know, accidentally mention Bankbuster when you were thinking of the card, but in all reality, what if this card gets played in a lot of decks and decks that you wouldn't normally see it in like is this another kind of like you know card that just because it's colorless it's like a problem uh mm -hmm. it's going to be really really interesting to see you know what happens because we're hitting an artifact set a little bit with the food so mm -hmm. it's going to be all these artifacts laying around yeah uh, we'll we'll definitely see what happens i i like it a lot yeah so, yeah, speaking of more control tools, um, the next card that we're talking about, this is actually going to be the last card that we talk about, which is pretty appropriate. Gentlemen, we've made it to the end. So, Throne of Eldraine brought us uh, Once Upon a Time and Happily Ever After. 
This time we simply get the end, which is of course the place where every story needs to needs to end. Well, what does the card, what does the card do? It is an instant for two black black. This spell costs two less to cast if your life total is five or less. Exile target creature or planeswalker. Search its controller's graveyard hand and library for any number of cards with the same name as that permanent and exile them. That player shuffles, then draws a card for each card exiled from their hand this way. Yeah, I mean, sign me up for cranial extraction removal spells. Some of my favorite removal spells to play in the game. You know, you're talking about cards that um, are pretty relevant for some of the nuisance creatures that we have to deal with in standard, right? Um, you know, this is killing a shieldred and getting rid of all other copies. Mm -hmm. um, this is killing an Atraxa and getting rid of all other copies. Or Itali, you know, even those, though those cards do make a pre presence when they enter the battlefield, they also typically follow each other like Atraxa mm -hmm. hitting another Atraxa or Atali hitting another Atali. Um, this helps deal with those issues. Um, and for four mana at instant speed, it's pretty fair. Um, and if you're, if you're losing the game to a random children on the battlefield uh, and you just need to be able to cast like double black and a follow-up to stabilize, I mean, it's there for you too. I really enjoy that part of this design of this card. Um not saying this is going to be a four of that you're going to see in all black decks and uh you know black doesn't even need help in terms of of removal uh mm. like better removal than it already has in standard um but it's definitely one that's worth playing um and i'm excited for this card yeah i agree 100 i think this is going to be a card that people start playing in their cyborgs and then they realize like how powerful it is and then they play like two or three main deck like, yeah, it's not the greatest card against aggro because four mana removal. But, I mean, let's say you're at five life. Well, you can exile something for two mana. You can get rid of their Adeline uh, when you need to, mm -hmm. essentially. There's a lot of upside to this card. And yeah. we have seen four mana cards, Rask's Contempt. Uh, we've seen these cards get played before in the mm -hmm. formats, uh, Utter End, things like that. So I think that the End is going to be one of the premier removal spells of the format. Just exactly like everything Carl hit the nail on the head with, which is going to be attracts us, Shieldreds. I did comment Beseech the Mirror. It's going to be more like mm -hmm. a bannable card, but yeah. in all reality, it could end up being more of a bannable card just because of cards like the end, just because you have to play the end off of your Beseech the Mirror to get mm -hmm. rid of their Shieldred, and then now you can cast your Shieldreds out of your deck, and they don't have any left. So maybe there's <laughs> going to be some of these Shieldred sub-games, but I actually think that overall the end is actually... What I really like about this card is that Atraxa was the de facto best creature, quote-unquote, for what it does. And this card is the best answer for whatever the best creature is going to be in the format. Because you get rid of it on the battlefield, and then you get rid of all of them from their hand, their deck, and it's just gone. You don't get to see it again, and that's pretty much it. And it also speaks volumes to... Whenever I see cards like this, it really speaks volumes to power creep, mostly because we've gotten to a point where we need to exile the creatures. Your creatures have yep. to be so good that when they come into play, they have to do something. You have to get some value from your card because it's just going to get exiled. Going to the graveyard triggers abilities don't really matter anymore because every card just exiles the creature. And mm -hmm. the end is another example of it. So I expect this card to be a huge player in the format. And like I said, it's going to be a card where people start playing like one or two copies in the sideboard and then realize that wait, I can just play this main deck and get rid of all my opponent's best cards. I 
I think this has the potential to be the best removal spell in the format mm-hmm. when all said and done. I believe it. I tell you, yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited to continue the sort of dominance of Demir in standard. <laughs> and you know, like y'all know I've been playing that deck for quite a long time. Um not like the graveyard trespasser of all sleeper version, and that version's fine. Um, but playing more of like a flash version and you know, seeing some of the other like uncommons in the set, especially the fairies, which seem very strong. Um, to be able to play in more of that flash scenario. I mean, this this card slots just right into that deck um, at instant speed. I will wait for you to do something, and then I'll react and kill you at flash. <laughs> you know, it's 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 so good. Um, Could almost you know, play this card in Death Shadow, right? Get yourself down to five, and then I'd only <laughs> cost two mana. Double and exile your opponent's win conditions. Yeah. Get rid of the yeah. Omnath. Get rid of their Venom <laughs> Sticks. Uh, That's so gross. I love so it. So many, so many this cards you can so get good. rid of with this. Yeah, I think this card's, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, multi-format, it's, it's good. Yeah. Well, the thing that I find fun is that this type of effect, like your Necromentias, your Unmoored Egos, I associate them as having to just go after the hand or the graveyard, mm-hmm. or you just name it blind and go straight for the deck. The fact that this actually removes a threat off of the battlefield. Like, so you're getting onboard tempo advantage while gutting your opponent's deck in the process. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think this is going to be a two-up sideboard, and then people are just going to always bring it in in game two and three and realize, oh, wait, I just need this in the main. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen with this thing. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. This card, like, almost does solidify blue-black because it doesn't really need a card like Wandering Emperor anymore because instead of you relying on Wandering Emperor to get rid of their card when they have it, you just get rid of all their cards. So, like, if you resolve two of these in a game, you probably win because you just get rid of their two best cards and then that's the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whereas, like, that's how most people feel like when they play against Control. They're like, oh, I got rid of their two, three Teferis. Now they can't win. Mm-hmm. Well, now Control can just get rid of your cards and you can't win. Oh, you got a card that can't be countered? I just get rid of it. You know, you're playing this big, dumb threat. I, it's gone. And, yeah. you know, Tam's point exactly, the most powerful part about this card that we don't really get to see in quote-unquote cranial extraction type effects is that this card impacts the battlefield. The number one important thing about cards like Ego, Cranial Extraction, is that you, not only are you going in blind sometimes, but you're spending a card just to get rid of a card that they might not even draw in that game. Right. Whereas the end, the card's actually on the battlefield, it's a threat, and you can instant speed, get rid of it, untap, and then play your own version yeah. of whatever that threat is mm-hmm. and then go over the top of your opponent yeah that's i think that's pretty huge um it's going to be interesting to see how much this card gets played because we know that a lot of the decks that are like attracts base are closer to white where mm-hmm. maybe now we see those decks go closer to black where they do play like the virtue they play the end they play a lot more of these big black cards that just end the game outright and yeah i'm, I'm telling you, you're going to see this card quite a lot I think you're right. And also, for Commander players out there, for Commander players out there who had that one friend who has that Shadowborn Apostle deck that they absolutely adore, <laughs> boy howdy. Persistent <laughs> petitioners. We're going to be done with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> Rat colonies. Exactly. Anyway, we all have that, you know, there's that one person in your playgroup who has that deck and they worked very hard on it and it is cool, but sometimes, man, you got to blow it out. Anyway, it, yeah. it could almost be a combo card too. You can like, is it exile search its controllers so you don't have to target your opponent's stuff? So you can exile your own stuff to put all the copies into the exile, and then maybe you could abuse that. 
Not well, sure if that's new... possible, like a Karn or something like that. Yeah, with Karn or the new Ashiox um, Ultimate cares about yeah. cars in exile, so maybe there's something there. Yeah, it's possible. It, it seems situational, but yeah. having that option, it could. Anyway, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah no, this card is really cool. This is the bottom line. It's really good. Cool. So yeah, that brings us to the to the end of uh yeah of the Magic Jank podcast. These are all the cards that we wanted to touch on before we before we go there. Were there any was there anything else about Eldraine or anything else in Magic that you guys wanted to talk about? Well, I think something that's definitely worth noting since we're on you know towards the end of August mm-hmm. is that early access or whatever the MTG Arena streamer event will be called. Um, is going to happen on the 31st, right? That is the last Thursday of the month. Um, and all of Team Magic Jank is going to be streaming uh, in that event. Um, yeah, buddy. So, you know, we will make sure that you that you join us then. Um, I believe Hamhawks has all of our links uh, below that you can Absolutely. check us at. And I'll um, make sure that the full team link is in there as well. We do have a team page on Twitch. You can just drop by and see yep. everybody who's live right there. So, yes, yeah. we would love to see you out there. Yeah, you know, see who's doing what. You know, if you stop by over in my channel, it's going to be all community brews. Um, so make sure that you click the invite for the Discord link below to the Magic Jank Discord. Um, that way you can find all of us um, and submit even some of your brews for us to play on Absolutely. Early Access. Oh, we want to see what you guys have have to come up with because mm-hmm. there's, I don't know, this set goes deep. So yeah. let, let's explore it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Mostly just like really, really excited about this set. It's looking really, really strong. Um, I'm excited to get some new standard cards. It's been mm-hmm. a few months since we've gotten something new in the standard. Yeah, and I'm ready. It's going to be really inter- interesting to see what initially happens with cards that weren't going to rotate, and what effect kind of like this new quote unquote standard. Uh, that we're going to see here for the next three years uh, is kind of going to start to look like. Um, I also have a couple of tournaments coming in September. We did release our September schedule, uh, so be on the lookout for that. As always, all tournaments are free to play with cash prizes, uh, so get in on that. We had some pretty big events this past August, and it was always a good time. So uh, if you like competitive magic and you want to see what Aldrain's going to be like in a competitive setting, uh, then definitely be on the lookout for that in September fantastic good stuff and yes if you dear viewer uh slash listener however you're consuming this podcast we do appreciate it if you want to uh ask us questions you can do so on our discord server we have a channel where that is dedicated specifically to the podcast so we are still growing but don't hesitate to pop in there and say hi we would appreciate it very much and if you have any questions or topic suggestions um you can drop those in there you can also tweet at us or post to x or whatever the verbiage is now i don't know i'm gonna keep saying tweet you can tweet at us uh at you know just make sure to tag at magic jank and include the hashtag uh jank mail and so we we will find those and uh yeah so we're looking forward to that again thank you so much everybody um yeah this show is brought to you by magicjank.com and uh yeah gentlemen you want to let people know where they can find you on the internet uh as we bid everybody a fair a, a fond adieu yeah, yeah. you can find me uh, twitch.tv slash hollywoodpizza. Uh, I stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays, we stream the tournaments at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube as PizzaBoxMTG. Uh, and you can find me on X slash Twitter uh, at PizzaGoyf as well. Uh, don't be afraid. Hit me up. Uh, if you like competitive magic, if you're just like having a good time, 
I'm there for it too. So uh, find me on all those and come hang out during the stream. Uh, we're also playing some other competitive decks to kind of help give you a better understanding of what people play in events in general. Love it. Hey, yeah. And so if you yeah. want to check me out, um, I am definitely on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash cfavrado underscore junior. Same handle on all platforms, whether that be Instagram, Twitter, slash X, or whatever's the flavor of the day, uh, threads, and even TikTok uh, I am on. So if you want to check out any of that, definitely going to be talking about more of the Eldraine previews over on the TikTok and on Instagram. So if you want to check that out, please do. Um, and, you know, a bunch of us from Magic Jank are also going to MagicCon Vegas um, and I'm going to attempt to live stream from Vegas uh, via some some mobile streaming um, and as well as maybe making a little bit of a vlog. So if you want to uh, check any of that out, uh, please make sure to follow me on those platforms. Very cool, man. You'll love to see it. And I'm Hamox42 on the various and sundry places. Um, YouTube uh, and this the Magic Jank channel as well. Um, so you can find me in all those I'm on Twitch and Twitter primarily these days. Um, but yes, so thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you, everybody. If you did enjoy this, please like and subscribe. Give it a five-star review, whatever it's called, in whatever app you use to find us. Put in a little engagement. We really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next one.